Okay. God bless us. We're recording. <laughs> At 6.37 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And I've, I've been up. I've been showered. I have been up for an hour. Okay, I don't shower in the mornings. I shower at night. So oh, I have to shower in the mornings. It wakes me up. See, I and got into the habit and I have to do it. And my habit was from when we worked at Outback. I would always shower mm. at night because we smelled like blooming onions and yeah. the grill. Yeah. And I the idea of crawling into my bed sheets like all gross like that just yeah. wasn't. But I've I've just never kicked the habit. I mean, I how long have I not worked at Outback for almost six years now? Yeah. I just shower at night. But so that wasn't the issue. I have a dentist appointment this morning, you guys, and Ashley has meetings all day. So we're recording and then we're going to – as soon as we're done recording, I'm leaving for the dentist. So I had to like get up and start getting ready. So I've been up for an hour already. Oh, my gosh. Because I was like, I need to partially get ready because if we record – You're going to have to leave straight away. mm -hmm, I was like, I'm going to look like a trash panda if I (laughs) just like have to leave – like I look when I get out of bed. You, so. you look, you look, you would have looked like I look right now. <laughs> Not that I think the dentist cares, and like, don't even get me started on the fact that I couldn't even postpone this appointment because we have to go before the end of the year for our insurance mm, purposes. Otherwise, okay. our coverage lapses, like our coverage amount. And I'm like, you're not making COVID exceptions, like. To where, right. like, maybe pushing it to, like, that extension till March instead of the end of December where it's not going to affect my copay. Like, but, no, insurance companies yeah. don't care. So I was going to say, not with insurance. No. So I have to go so that we don't have to pay out of pocket. Um, Jeez. Anyways, all that to be said, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, we do. So we, we should get going. are talking about Volume 20 of Senshal Kapama. And um, – we do have a couple of housekeeping things um, really quickly. I don't – it won't take too long. But just a quick thank you to everyone uh, for Spotify Wrapped. Like so many of you guys oh have been gosh. tagging us. And then Ashley posted our podcast Spotify Wrapped um, on yeah. all of our socials. So you can check all those stats there. But we grew exponentially this year and it's all thanks to you guys. So mm-hmm. just thank you again. Um I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that. Our new merch is officially up and running. I know we talked about it last week and it was going to take a few days, but if you go yeah. on our Zazzle website, which you can find in a link to in the podcast notes, um, you can browse all of our new designs and items. And um, there was um, – if we have time, I'll go over this at the end, but um, one of our lovely listeners was like all about our numerology thing, but – I didn't really start getting into that till episode 11, and mm-hmm. she found some stuff from episode two, which – because I haven't gone back to do a rewatch. So, wow. like, I bet if we rewatched it, we'd start catching that stuff earlier. Oh, that makes sense. But, yeah. So, she found it in, like, the ATM code for his card. Like, mm-hmm. Holy crap. I know. Wow. So, I'll go over that at the end if we have time. And – um. And then there's another listener insight that I definitely am, need to go over because it's about this episode. But I want to okay. do it at the end after we've gone over all the events of the episode. So Okay. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. Unless you've got anything ahead of time, we can nope. start we can chatting. Jump in. All yeah. right. Cool. So we start <laughs> – this episode starts and ends not great. Mm, uh, we've that's got true. <laughs> We've got the truth bomb because 
Celine apparently likes to barge into people's houses <laughs> unannounced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and without any heed of who could potentially be there. And she just likes to do what she wants to do. So she comes in, drops the bomb. And of course, Eda is very upset mm-hmm. because why would she not be? So Celine tries to leave at this point. You know, she's like, I can't tell you because Edda's like, what are you talking about? What's going on? And she's like, I'm sorry. I can't tell you. And Sarkon's trying to tell her. Let's Get the let heck Celine out of my leave. house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's let Celine go and then I will tell you everything. And Edda keeps trying to get it out of Celine. And Celine finally is like, I'm sorry. I can't. And she leaves. Thank you. Good riddance. For so, real. Yeah. So Sarkon, uh ends up telling her. And she is so upset and she's mm-hmm. like okay who who are you essentially like who do you think you are yeah you know this about my parents and you haven't told me what are you thinking um i'm sorry that was to celine before before she left so he finally is like edda edda listen let me explain this is he says and even at this point She's like, don't come near me. And she's already upset. And he's like, 18 years ago, the accident that caused your parents to die, it happened because of a company that worked with my father. So, I mean, we don't have to necessarily get all the way into it, but he's just like, I didn't know. Right. She's like, why did you hide it from me? Well, and there are. She also at this point, yeah, because we we all know the details. <laughs> we we learned them episodes ago. So right. he's finally sharing those with her. And you know, at first I was upset when she was like, "Is this why you gave me the scholarship? This is why you got close to me?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "What the heck?" Like he just said he didn't know until. But then I was like, you know what? If I had just found out life shattering information yeah. like that, and the fact that my partner in life basically. Or yeah. who I thought was going to be my partner in life kept it from me for e- any amount of time. Yeah. I think we all would initially spew out the first thoughts that come into our head without taking yeah. the time to think about it. Like, obviously, if she stepped back for two minutes to think about it, she would realize there's no logic in that. Because if right. he did it to assuage his guilt, like, he wouldn't have – the 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 uh, scholarship never would have been taken away. Like, and he would have – And he would have bent over – backwards to Helen back to give it back to her without requiring her help in a contract or anything like that. And being such a butt to her at the beginning and all those things. So, So, yeah. If But you're right. You're right. She's not thinking logically. That's the whole point. And who would? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So she ends up leaving Mm -hmm. after this whole situation. Yeah. And – I my note on this, I I kind of just said, yikes! What a horrible situation. She mm-hmm. has every right to be upset, but eventually she'll need to sit and listen too. Yes. So, agreed. Um. So then she kind of tries to get it together out on the stairs for a hot second mm-hmm. because she pulls her phone out, mm-hmm. calls Idon, and is like, "Is your husband at home? I'm yeah. coming over." So Idon's spidey senses and immediately start tingling. She calls Serkan and she's like, hey, uh, <laughs> basically like, Ed is coming over. Do you yeah. happen to know why she wants to talk to your dad? 
So then, of course, he's like, she's coming. I'll be right there. Like, I'm coming too. Which I think both you and I were like, ooh, that doesn't seem like the best idea. I get yeah, right why. at that second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get why he want you know, his the the woman he loves more than anything in the world, right. life has just been shattered by something yeah. he needed to tell her. Like, I get it. So he just wants to be there for her. Um, so he's headed over. Um, meanwhile, we get a quick over to FA taking a phone call to yeah. someone named Semiha. Which I assume okay. is grandma's name. I asked Miriam. <laughs> I like sent her the voice yeah. recording. Because I was like, this sounds like he's saying semi hanum, which he was. He was saying semi ha hanum, but I think the ha's just, just kind of mm-hmm, mushed together. Yeah. So she's like, no, okay. the name the name is semi ha. So I'm assuming that's Baba Ane's name. That's what my assumption is. Um, and because ba- he's basically just saying, like, listen, I didn't want it to turn out quite this way. I'm going to do everything I can. I'll fix it, all this. You know, mm-hmm. keep in mind, she's probably not going to want to talk to you or see you right away. Like, so we're building up towards the fact that grandma is coming at some point. Well, and I mean, we can kind of go over this because throughout the episode, he's telling – he tells Edda that he's going to leave. He's mm-hmm. going to go back to Italy. But he's like, we have a big client and I would like you to take the lead with them. Mm-hmm. I want you to – be the one in charge of this. Okay, by the way, the big client really wants to meet you because of how big this project is. Right. So when they arrive in Istanbul, I'll set up a meeting. Okay? And she's like, okay, cool. So this is all very much gearing up towards <laughs> yeah. Bhavane coming. Yeah. At, at least through it seemed throughout this episode because we get kept getting those little mm-hmm. breadcrumbs through the whole thing. I think – I personally think they're just having trouble casting someone. So – I think they're just kind of doing – I see that. Because it's going to have to be someone a little older. Yeah, and it's going to have to be someone a little older. So I'm sure some of the – like the mom on DEK has been absent this whole season because she's a high risk for COVID. I was Mm going to say, yeah, it's COVID time. So it's a totally (laughs) different situation, I'm sure. Yep. Because, you know, we just got news yesterday that we have a new cast member being added and it's definitely not someone who's a grandmotherly age. So I'm thinking it's going to be the assistant or something, maybe just trying to put some – put a little bit of space there so that it's like, oh, I'm here for my – on my – you know, on my boss's behalf, blah, 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 until they can get someone to actually, like, be grandma. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's just my two cents right there. So, Um, anyhow, so basically we switch over now and Edda is letting uh, Alptakin have it. Like, Uh you know, she's just going off on him, saying all the things that this man absolutely deserves to hear Mm -hmm. and should have to answer for and hasn't had to answer for. Yeah. Um. As that's happening, Serkan shows up and Idon, God bless, is like, yeah. listen, she's in there. Let her have her peace with him. You did your part. You told her. Mm-hmm. You, your father's faults are not yours, but you need to let her have this space. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, she she kind of is just like, let her have this space. Let her deal with it and to deal with her pain as well. So I appreciated that so much coming from Idon. Because yes. of the whole situation. And we all know that Serkan meant well by trying to go in there and intervene. Absolutely. It just would have added to the mess if he had done that. Yes. And I appreciated that I done stopped him at that moment. I do too. Um, so thank you for taking over, by the way. I started yeah. having a coughing fit and my water <laughs> is nowhere around me. Anyways. Um, so she's basically demanding – Sorry, I'm going to cough again. (laughs) 
So <laughs> we'll we'll give Kristen a second so she can get her water. Of course. Okay, I need to get resituated now. Hang on. Okay, sorry about that. Jeez. No worries. Um so she's basically demanding like um I want all the information. I want to know who this was, you know, who was involved, what company, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, well, I have it all in a in a folder here. And he hands her the folder. And someone on Twitter named um, – oh, I should have asked how to pronounce her name. Mahela? Mahela? Mm-hmm. Um, she was like – she sent – because there's different color folders in this episode – and she's like, Holy I think cow. I know, I know. Well, and she even sent some from older episodes. I don't think I, I don't think I saved the. Well, maybe I did. Um, but this, the first one we see show up in this episode is the red folder, which is the one that contains all this information about her family's death. Okay. And the color red is associated with passion and drama. Hmm. Um, it's most associated with strong emotions such as love and anger. And love is the color universally used to signify danger, courage, strength, um, etc. So, like, wow, all that information, of course, too, would is yeah. kind of all that stuff like mold into one messy thing of emotions. Wow. Um, so, yeah, because there's like three different color folders that appear with different information in them this episode, and. The That's colors so seem to associate even, with it, because yeah, why isn't that. why isn't everything just in Manila folders or whatever? Like, right? But they all have their own colored folders. So, wow. Anyways, so, um, yeah. So he gives her the folder, and she essentially says, "I am never gonna forgive you. Your apologies are empty, and uh, bye. I hope to never see you again for the rest of my life." Yep. <laughs> So Sarkon stops her on the way out because she is just on a tear. She mm-hmm. wants to leave. She wants to get the heck out of there. And But he's like, hey, hey. And he stops her. And he says, I know it won't change anything, but I still love you like I did that first day. Mm-hmm. Only you exist for me. I don't want – I didn't want you to carry the burden of my mistake. And at least – now in her presence, she has the presence of mind to tell him, this is not your fault. Yes. It's not your fault. This is a mistake from somebody whose name I just read on a piece of paper. But do you know what your mistake is? You said, sorry, you said you did. I don't know what that is. You said you did, but you tried to control me. Like, I don't know if she's saying you said you loved me. Yeah, maybe it's like you said you loved me, but – you made decisions on my behalf, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. And then he, being Serkan, mm-hmm. says, I was scared that you wouldn't forgive me. I tried to talk to you, but it didn't work. And she's like, I would say if what you – what I would have said if you had told me is I would have forgiven you. I would mm-hmm. say let's get through this together. But only you can decide to tell the truth. But I, But you only decided to tell the truth when it – began to surface already. Yeah. And he's like, no, I was going to tell you. That's why I wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. all yes. Well, he doesn't even say all yesterday, but, yeah. but that's we can the fill implication. In. Yeah. yeah. We can fill that in. But she says, 
I don't believe you. Yeah. And she basically says, I can't be with someone who lies to me. Yeah. Um, And I mean, again, bless him because he's like, okay, I respect that. But yeah. just so you know, nothing I've told you is a lie. Like mm-hmm. basically meaning like I do love you. This was never like just saying like his feelings, everything that's happened between them, that's all real and he's never lied about that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but she's she's basically done with that. Um, and she walks to her Jeep and mm-hmm. just has a heck of a moment in there. And I just want to give – a shout out. Not that I'm a professional, I'm not an actor, but I feel like it's probably easier to film an emotional scene when you're doing it with someone else because you're kind of feeding off of each other for the emotion. Yeah. I'm but sure. when you just have to have like a moment like that inside of an empty space in a car mm-hmm. all on your own, um, with cameras pointed at you, um, yeah, like that's hard. And so, I just – I really appreciated this moment in in there where you just kind of get to see her, like, lose it, try to get it together, process this, you know, um, and it all ends up leading to her calling the girls to basically say, can we get out of town? Like, yeah. They don't know – they know she's upset. They don't know why, but basically, like, yep, let's get out of town. And she's like, well, let's figure out what to tell the, my aunt because I don't really want to explain all of this to her right now. I just want to go clear my head. Right. So um, the girls kind of have like a little chat once they get off the phone. It's just kind of cute. And they're just kind of arguing over who the new Malo is because uh-huh. Ifair and Fifi have gotten closer and all this stuff. So they're just kind of excited and planning for their trip and what they're going to say to Ifair. Yeah. Um, this mother-son moment. Can we talk about the empty house that Sarkon used to live in that he's sitting in? Mm-hmm. And like – Oh, my gosh. I don't remember if I took screenshots of this. Yeah, I did. Um, because I don't know. I just really liked this moment between them. It was such a – So did I. It was such a good opposite parallel to the last time they had a very serious talk like this where she was mm-hmm. basically like lie to her and break up with her. It's better for her this way. Right. Um, I just feel like this kind of redeem kind of redeems that moment for me. Like she's clearly trying to correct the path that she – kind of helped set him on with this yeah um and yeah you know because he's basically like i want to be alone she's like okay you can be alone but just listen to me first yeah and she sits with him and she just says edda needs to be alone for a little bit she needs some time give her this opportunity so that she can think and understand you just give her time she loves you too she will understand everything over time and he's like, I don't think she'll believe me. And she says, trust me. This is coming from the person who once did not believe in your love. I loved that. Yes. It was – oh, I loved that so much. Like, I mean, think about episode two, Idon literally was like, I don't support your engagement to this girl. Yeah. Episode two, Idon was like, I'm calling her Sevda. Uh-huh. And was like a florist. Uh like exactly. all the snotty stuff. And yeah, so the the growth. We stand a growth queen. Yeah. Um, so basically Sarkon's like, okay, I need to think a little bit. And she's like, okay, of course, no problem. And yeah, so it's not a super long moment, but it's I felt like it was a super important one. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Just for their relationship, for Idon's growth, just the fact that we have that confirmation that she is on our team. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. So. And at this point, I did note that at this point, they are both still wearing their rings. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously, as I. I made a note of it, but then I was like, well, duh, they they only take them off once she makes them. But yeah. Um, So the girls are basically getting ready to go and they are avoiding telling her anything, but Mm -hmm. she figures out that it's related to Sarkhan, but they still just don't tell her anything. Yeah. And they head off. Yeah. So Aidan and Alptekin are discussing what to do. Oof. Yeah. And, um, Alptekin, this man doesn't even really seem that guilty to me. Yes. He seems more like he's upset that he got caught. Right. And that Eda found out the truth. Because yes. I think I wrote that it, in my notes when she was telling him off, but I was busy hacking up along. But he just – he's like, what are we going to do? Uh, oh, because Idun's like, what are we going to do, Alptekin? How are we going to mm-hmm. reconcile them? And he's like, I don't know. I really don't know. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like somehow – like mm-hmm. what kind of an answer is that? Like you aren't even – you don't even care. You're just like, I don't know. What could I possibly know what to do in this situation where yeah. I'm at fault? It just – yeah. It, I think I mentioned this last week about his character giving us whiplash mm. because – you know, episode 13, dude, had a stinking heart attack because he was so stressed about telling his son about this yeah, and wanting to even attempt to make things okay between them by having to get this huge elephant out of the room first, even if it means his son will continue to hate him. Like, all this stuff. And the whole, like, I need to work less and because I need to be home with you more and I want to work on our marriage and I need to be there for you, blah, blah, blah. But all he's yeah. just been doing is going and doing his stupid sports at every chance he gets. Like, yeah. And now this, like, barely even feeling bad. Like, yeah. if, if even at all. So, I know. Sorry. It's yeah. crazy. So, Sarkhan Cer- comes in. Oh, this said, felt- He gives him an answer. <laughs> Yes, he does. And I'm like, this has been how many years in the making and building inside of him? Like, yeah. Well, and I think that him probably seeing Eda that way was Mm -hmm. probably the last straw. Yeah. So he comes in and he says, you can get out of our lives. And Aidan, God bless her. She's like, (laughs) Serkan. Like, okay, I think I need you to chill for a little Mm -hmm. bit. And he's like, mom, please don't interfere. And he looks to his dad and he says, you've hurt this family for years. You've harmed me. You've harmed Eda. Enough. And he's he's not even raising his voice. He's speaking quietly and Mm -hmm. dangerously. Mm -hmm. And he says, and Alptekin says, Serkan, yes, I understand you. You're very angry. But maybe we can talk about this some other time. Oh and Sarkhan's like, oh, another time? When? Good for him. When? All of my life I've been waiting for you to be my dad. What other mm. time? And Aidan, again, this is very logical. She says, Sarkhan, maybe you can talk to your dad when you're more calm. Mm. And he's like, oh, with dad? What dad? What father, mom? Mm. Is there anybody like that in this house? Please stop kidding yourself. He's like, for so many years, he was not there. 
You couldn't leave the house? Where was he? He did nothing but work. Why did I move into the house next door? Because your husband was gone. My father was gone. This person has never been in our life. And and I'll take in. Gosh, it's like this is not the thing to say, bro. Just apologize. Like Mm – and but he says I did everything in my power, but I know it was not enough. Yeah, make it about he's making it about himself. He and is. Look at everything that I did, and mm-hmm. yet I know it wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, like, and he's like I tried to tell Ada, and then that Sarkon's like, don't you dare. He's like, don't you even say her name. Do mm-hmm. you understand me? You can't even pronounce his name because you are not worth a single tear of Ada's. I. Loved that so much. It was it, this whole Sercon just going on a tear. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, "Yes, Sercon." Well, right, because he's lost. I wouldn't say he's lost control because he's very aware of what he's saying. Oh, but, very. You know, he's snapped. Like he has snapped, and yeah, like yeah, and so. it's not even for his own sake. It's for no. Ada's. Yes, and I think the, that's the thing. What, mm-hmm. The thing that brought him to this point, the, and I think that's the reason I don't like. I I know that some people might think that he was over the line with this mm-hmm. whole thing, but it's to me. I'm what it showed to me is how much he loves her. Absolutely, because it wasn't even for his own benefit that he finally said all this stuff to his dad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for his own benefit that he finally told Celine off. Mm-hmm. It was for Edda's sake. Yeah, and so. I I loved it. Well, and the way both of these people respond clearly mm-hmm. shows he was justified in the way he did it. Because, exactly. you know, he basically tells him he doesn't want to see him again and he storms out. Yeah. So then we get, okay. Oh, my gosh. If you have watched – if you <laughs> any of you have watched The Office, when Andy has – is like at his lowest low and he's like been fired from Dunder Mifflin and all this stuff, but he has hatched a plan to like get back in and he has this whole thing going and he's like, I just want one mother effing delicious moment. Like this to me was a delicious moment. Oh, like so delicious. It was a bomb to my soul to yes. see silly and get ripped to shreds. Oh my gosh, you guys. So I'm using Miriam's translations because I liked them the best. And she tra- oh, good. and she translated that scene on Twitter like right after the live episode ended. So because she was like, everyone needs to see this with subs. Because like, it was uh-huh. Chef's Kiss. It so totally beautiful. was <laughs> so Thank you, Miriam. Um, so he storms out of his house, and she's there for whatever reason, like at the Bullot household. I it's to me. Uh, it didn't look like she was there to me. It looked like he literally went to her house. Oh, like she was on her way home, and he's like, Celine. <laughs> oh, see, I thought he was just storming out the side door, and she was there. But I no, like this so I'm much sure better he that he went, like, out of his went way. to her. Okay. Oh yeah. So he storms to <laughs> Celine's, and she's like, "Sarah, Khan? And he's like, "She's like, what's going on?" And he's like, "What do you mean, what's going on? How dare you come to my house and demand explanations?" And she's like, "Sarah Khan, I just..." And he's like, "You just what? What?" And he says, look, Celine, you can't just come to my door and butt into things that don't concern you. And she's like, you weren't explaining anything. That's why I came to ask you. And he's like, um, I don't have to explain these things to you. Mm-hmm. And, she, 
And she's like, everything about the holding concerns me. And he's like, concerning the holding, is that so? And he says, so this is about work? He's like, Celine, for God's sake, I know you so well. Oh, I love this so much. I love it. And he's, he's like, like, don't give me that crap. Yep, that's exactly, that's, but yeah, don't put on your act with me. And she's like, listen, Sircon, something based on all those lies could have harmed you. She's like, is it, is it really worth it, Sircon? I don't understand. If, here we go, get out the world's tiniest violin. If you just treated me one-tenth of how you treat Edda, everything could have been different. And he, this is and when Serkan laughs, laughs like the rest of us. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, I really can't believe you. He's like, I can't believe it. Are you still at this, Celine? Still? He's oh like, my gosh. look, this is the last time I'm going to say this. So listen well. I'm in love with Edda, okay? And then, then, not you. I was never in love with you. Microphone oh, drop. I know. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, been waiting for that for so uh-huh. long. Because he has said to her before that he's in love with Edda uh-huh. when they were out, you know, outside at his office and she was, you know, they were having that heart to heart. Yeah. And he was basically apologizing. Mm-hmm. Um but saying, like, you know, I fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I understand, blah, 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 you know. But he never said, like, I also wasn't in love with you. I mean, and in that moment, it would have just been kicking a horse while it was down. Uh, totally, um, totally. But here, but, she absolutely deserved it. That horse needs to be kicked. Like, uh-huh. it, it, we're done. Yeah. Um, and so she basically gets all soft and she's like, I'm talking about the past. I don't have such expectations now anyways. I just wanted to ad- mm-hmm. I just wanted to advise you as a friend. And then again, he's like, well, then you can go advise your friends, okay? Because we are not friends. We have no relationship outside of work. I love it. And then he just is I've done. Prob- I've probably uh- watched this scene at least five times. Oh, it is so – Oh, it's so cathartic mm-hmm. and it's so good to, you know, I, Celine, I was rooting for you. Mm-hmm. We were all rooting for you. Like, <laughs> like that, like, like that, that tyrant, tyrant gift. Uh-huh. Like I was rooting for you. We, we were, were all, all rooting, rooting for you. you. But like, I truly had hope and I was, I defended her sometimes mm-hmm. because I'm like, this girl was left at the altar. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's going to feel like this, blah, blah, blah. But she has crossed so many lines at this point yep. that I, I'm done. I'm done. And I, and Serkan needed to do this mm-hmm. because things were so ambiguous still between the two of them. Yep. I know that, yes, technically he was clear with certain things, but- Mm-hmm. This felt like something that absolutely needed to be done. He was crystal clear. Mm-hmm. He's like, let me lay it out for you. You are not the priority. All I care about with you is work. Mm-hmm. And the person that I actually care about, who is way higher on my totem pole than you, is mm-hmm. Edda. And you can deal with it and yep. learn to live your life knowing that and leave us alone which is what oh she gosh. should have been working towards all this time like yeah. 
So she could, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I well, could go on. Yeah. At the end of the episode, I'm going to read something from a listener. It's quick, but it's some very potent Celine insight that I was like, oh my gosh, you're totally right. Oh, um, awesome. But it'll hit harder once we go over the rest of the events she causes in this episode. Okay. Um, so, um, I, Don, and Safi are just kind of stressing because Sercon has left. Um, yeah. You know, she wants to kind of go after him. And Ifair shows up, which Idon prepares herself for, you know, um, being laid out because she's, like, expecting that Ifair just found out and is also very upset. Yeah. Um, but it's very clear very quickly that she has no idea what's been going on. She doesn't know why Edda's left. She doesn't know why Edda's upset. Um, yeah. And she basically – but before Idon really figures that out, she says something about, you know, forgiving um, Alptekin, like, you know – and she's like, wait, Alptekin, why, what? And that's when Idon's like, oh, crap. Like, she doesn't know. So she yeah. is like, uh, I mean, forgive him because he <laughs> cheated on me. Gosh. Which put a pin in that foreshadowing. Oh. Um, so it kind of causes like a bit of a funny moment. And what it, and what it boils down to is Idon's like, look, yes, something happened between the kids. But you need to go talk to Edda. It's not my place to tell you for her. Right. Um and so, you know, before she leaves, I love it because Ifair's like, well, you know, I'm so sorry about what you're dealing with. Like, female power. You can always come to me. You can always call me and depend on me. Yes. Um, which I thought was really sweet. So um, then we get the Kuzlar at the beach. Yeah. And so it does kind of reliving some memories. And the girls come to her. And... They kind of have a little discussion, and Melo is like, look, I know you're really upset. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to talk about it? And Eda says, um, I suffered a lot that day, so I'm used to it, and I'm used to living with this. Mm-hmm. I accepted that I lost my parents, but now it's as if, as if I'm reliving everything. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens, and it's like I'm losing them all over again. So, Melo asks, kind of like, what about Serkan? Mm-hmm. And it is like, this was his mistake. He should have just been honest with me. Mm-hmm. Now, Jaren brings up a very good point, mm-hmm. a very logical point, And she asks her, Eda, has he been trying to tell you this since yesterday? Mm-hmm. And Eda is kind of like, I don't know. Maybe he caught himself when everything was already going to come out. And that's why he said everything. Mm-hmm. But I can't think logically right now. This isn't his fault. I know it's not his fault. But the fact remains that he lied to me. And no matter how much my heart is breaking, no matter how much disappointment and pain there is, love doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. So this I thought was very poignant and I thought was a good insight into how she's feeling right now because Mm -hmm. she's probably so conflicted. Right. Because she does love him. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and even just saying, like, her, when she's spilling all this, like, saying not only does it feel like she's reliving her parents' death, but she Mm -hmm. feels like she's lost another loved one. Yeah. You know, Sarkon, like, she's lost him, too. So, like, not only does she have to relive the death of her parents, but now she has to live the loss of him with it. Right. Yeah. So, Melo... Listen, I have been – before you read what she says, I know this isn't as direct, but how many 
episodes now have I been saying yeah. Malo is like yes. gonna be the key. <laughs> oh, and I feel like these her words are gonna come back into play at some point. Yeah, yeah. So she says, "I know you're, I know you're really upset. So please don't be mad at me for what I'm about to say." <laughs> <laughs> she says, "But Serkan didn't die. He's still alive." And in my opinion, if there's love, mistakes can be forgiven. <sighs> and so each of the girls kind of uh, says their own little piece about love at this point. And again, I thought this was really interesting and a really in- good insight into their character. Yeah. Because Jaren says, do you think that love does forgive everything? And Fifi's like, well, you know that I cross out the person at the first mistake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Melo says, in my opinion, love is a great value. Mm. She says, you just can't let her go when you find her, no matter what happens. And then Eda says, well, is love supposed to hurt? Mm. Is there is there no love without pain? And Melo says, "Of course, is there love without pain? Of course she shouldn't harm you. Uh, and Jaren says, in my opinion, love is priceless. After all, you only meet her once and only if you're lucky. Yeah. And they ask Ada what she thinks. And this, mm. she says, because they're, you know, they're talking about love and they're like, what do you think, Ada? And she says, I don't want to trust Sarkhan. I have to protect myself from this love. Otherwise, I'll dissolve. Mm-hmm. Now everything has to be my way. So we are we have gone a full switch mm-hmm. at this point of early days Serkan and Eda. Mm-hmm. And I don't I did not have the time to do this and I some of you may know these episodes back and forth way better than me, but something that I mentioned to Kristen <laughs> and that I was like kind of taking note of throughout this episode mm. was the use of stars. We know that Eda has her star tattoo. Mm-hmm. Eda Yilda's stars are a big theme with her character, but she was not in stars for like the whole first half of this episode. Mm-hmm. And she was in a lot of leather. She, her clothing was very like dark, very hard, very Edgy. tough. Mm-hmm. Yep, her jewelry even. Like all her ear cuffs, mm-hmm. a lot of the time have been very dainty and they're like sparkly or she's wearing earrings that have stars. And so part of me thinks that there's got to be some sort of link. There's got to mm-hmm. be some sort of connection between scenes or maybe Eda's emotions and how she's feeling specifically towards Serkan and whether or not she's wearing stars. Yeah. So that, I again, I did absolutely not have the time to go back through all the episodes Mm -mm. and track this in any way but that's like a potential theory that i have yeah i mean i could be totally looking into it but it just felt really significant but here's the thing you wasn't i know you never know though with aisha like is this coincidence or i know because it feels like there's never a coincidence with her Um, yeah because suddenly the stars are back at a certain mm -hmm. point Mm-hmm. So, and it wasn't until the latter end of the episode. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Um, and there was something, too, I meant to point out when um, Edda was telling Serkan, um, like, no, I actually would have forgiven you. Like, if you had told me right away, we could have worked through it. You know, because what initially – he, if we remember, if we recall, he was all set to tell her, like, in episode 14 – 
And then he shows up to her house to surprise her and he overhears mm-hmm. her talking to Jaren about how she'll never forgive anyone who had a hand in um oh, you know right. losing her parents and stuff. So it was her words that basically caused him to go, Oh, I'm not gonna tell her. And I forgot about that. It made me think of that line from the little prince where he says, I should have judged her according to her actions, not her words. Oh my gosh. She she perfumed my planet and lit up my life. I should have never run away. I ought to have realized the tenderness underlying her pretensions. Oh, my gosh. I was too young, or in this case, maybe naive, scared, insert different adjective here, to know how to love her. Oh, my gosh. Because her actions and the way she's been totally contradict the words she said. You know, she yeah. he always describes her as this angelic person who he's not deserving of. She loves everyone. She's just got this beautiful heart, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But when she used her words to say, like, I would never forgive anyone who played a role in my parents' death, yeah. um, he immediately made his de- decision based on that. Like, so wow. anyways, it just – that line came back to me and I was like, I have yeah. to find that so we can read that. Um, that's that's really good. Anyhow, so um, now we can come back to wherever we were. Um yeah. Uh, at this point. <laughs> oh, is this when the coward runs away? Because I wrote shoke, yep. shoke, shoke. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, Altakine comes in with his suitcase and Idon's like, Altakine. And basically, he's like, again, making it all about him. I've, Sarah Khan's right. I've done yeah. nothing but harm you, blah, blah, blah. And she basically is like, after he's describing all this stuff, she's like, well, when you were describing it like that, it sounds like we have no good memories together. Mm-hmm. Because she's clearly saying that's not the case. And right. he's like, well, maybe that's true. And she's like, but we're a family. And he's like, maybe we've just been pretending to be a family this whole time. Basically. That's a big foreshadowing. Oh, yeah. And um, and I – yeah, later on I will eat my own words from episode eight of our podcast. But um, anyways, so he basically is like, I'm leaving. Host a call. I done. Um, and – so, yeah, so she's like, okay, see you, Alptakeen. Like, and this was just like, okay, I know you're using your son's words as a crutch to mm-hmm. justify what you're doing, but yeah. you're just running away like a coward and not dealing with the fallout of your actions. And, like, yeah. I think he's taking it as an opportunity. Oh, I think that's what he's doing. A hundred percent. Because yeah. this man has chosen a path now. Like, mm-hmm. he's hemmed and hawed back and forth since the beginning of this show. Like, when we yeah. first met him, he just seemed kind of like a cold father who just, you know, you know, before we knew more and more about him. Um, mm-hmm. But then we see these, like, little, uh, like, bright spots of attempts for him to reconcile with Serkan. Like, the fact that he gets right. him, you know, a first edition or some special edition of The Little Prince every year for his birthday. Like, that – Obviously, right. was something meaningful, at least to Alptakeen. Yes. Um, you know, even a few episodes ago, being like, look, I know that you can't forgive me for everything, but can we at least have a united front in front of, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. you know, meaning F.A., like, all this stuff. Like, and then now, but it's like he has reached a fork in the road, and now he has chosen a path, and it's yeah. definitely not the one to redemption. No, it's not. So then we get a montage, right? Yes. So oh. uh, and I just said I love these friendships. I Yes, it's yeah. a – I noted it's a musical melancholy montage because – It the, is. The, the Kuzlar are just 
enjoying their time together mm-hmm. and Serkan is alone in his apartment and um I was like, oh my gosh, Serkan needs someone too. Um but he wasn't in his apartment. He was in his fortress of solitude and uh, sweatpants, Ashley. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> and I want to go hang out in a fortress of solitude and sweatpants with Sarah. Especially with the sweatpants. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Oh, by the way, you guys, I had to explain the meme to Kristen where somebody <laughs> posted a picture from this episode and they, and they captioned it with, that's turkey's ass. <laughs> because because Kristen was like, I have a feeling you'll understand this context, but she doesn't watch any like major franchises. So, so Don't judge me. So I had to be like, so there's this guy, Captain America, and <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just sent her the clip from Avengers. Yes, because so now she on, understands. Because somebody on Twitter, yeah, used a still from that movie and replaced it with Karem. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Anyway, so. We do find out later on, which I loved because I was like, Safi's the only one who checked on him. What's mm-hmm. going on? But Angan and Perot actually checked on him during yeah. this time. And they tried to call him, but, you know, he was being in his fortress. So yes. he didn't answer anybody. And I'm just going to say really quick, you guys, because I've gotten so many messages about this and I have not been able to answer all of you. So I'm answering you now. This is a song sung by Aitakin Atosh, who does all mm. the, who does all the like composition for this show. Mm. So, um, but this ep- this song played in a very early episode, so it is yes. already on our playlist, and I can't oh. remember the exact name of it, but it begins with an S. But it is on our Spotify playlist. Um, okay. And then the other songs this episode are original compositions by him, so that's why you will not find them on our on Spotify. Yes, a lot of these musicals. Um, in this episode, that just the musical um, instrumentals are—they're not on Spotify because they're originals by him. So okay. just so just so that because a lot of people are asking, so I was like, I'm just going to address this on the podcast. Yeah, um, there you go. Um, so and then I don't know if you noticed this because we do. This is when we get that moment where they're reaching in mm-hmm. as they're asleep. Oh, you mean how he's sleeping on the wrong side that he doesn't like to sleep on? Yeah, and they both reach with their ring hands. Oh, it is with their ring hands. Yeah. I know. And he's sleeping on the couch. Like, why is he sleeping on the couch? Is it it the couch that Edda slept on? I don't think so. I think it's his one downstairs. Somebody was like, maybe he, maybe like, because she slept in his, well, no, she slept in his couch the night before too. Um, Yeah. The one upstairs though. I was trying to figure out like why he was asleep on the couch versus his bed. Maybe it just meant. Like, he's just restless and can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, then, yeah, we get, like you said, Safey's wellness check, keeps Idon calm. Like, he's safe. He hasn't left. So at least we know that. Let him be. And yeah. then, again, this this to me says hopefully we're getting a kiss soon because <laughs> God bless B-Gay again. For- yes, thank you, B-Gay. <laughs> B-Gay always takes one for the team with she these ads, does. man. <laughs> So she's advertising that Dyson hair tool 
Yeah. Bless her. We may hate Celine, you guys, but you know that we love the actors and actresses. Absolutely. You you know we very clearly separate (laughs) the two on this podcast. Yeah. Well, not everybody does. So I'm, yeah, we probably, it's good to clarify. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll just continue to make that clear as we make this podcast. Yes. So we love Be Gay, but we hate Celine. Yes. Uh, So Layla, okay. The fact that, Sercon's only concern. He oh has not gosh. talked to anyone. He has not answered anyone. But he made damn well sure that mm-hmm. Layla takes care of the flower seeds that Edda planted outside of his office. Yep. Because that's what she's out there doing. And I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Idon calls to check in with Pearl to basically confirm, no, none of us have heard anything either. Like, things are kind of met around here, you know. Yeah. Um, and then she gets off the phone with her – and enter the bitter shrew because this right here solidified it for me. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I've already been more like on ugh, Celine for a while. But yeah. she she had redemption even yeah. after her stupid outburst about her parents, about Edda's parents' death. Sure. There was still a chance. Yes, this there was right still, here, I would agree with that. This right here was the final step over the line that I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you're done. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she's telling – she's talking to Parole and bless Parole for being like, what the heck is up with you? Mm-hmm. Um, because basically what it boils down to is she is like, listen, I can't deal with this Sercon stuff anymore. And if I'm unhappy, I don't want him to be happy. This is so wow. important because this just proves – you don't love him and I don't think you ever have because even like I'm trying to think about people in my life who maybe I thought or did love at some point. Uh-huh. And I don't now. Uh-huh. I don't feel that way about any of them. Yeah. Like I do not wish unhappiness on them. Nope. J- just because I – may or may not be at a point in my life where I'm unhappy also. Like, right. And then the fact that she's like, does she say it here or later where she's like, basically, it didn't work out with me, so I don't want it to work out with Edda either. Like, I, and Pearl's like, um, I think maybe you, like, need to take a moment. I know you're hurt right now, but, like, it's not going to seem like this when you're, you know, like, a little bit outside of this situation. Um, it, and I was glad that Pearl wasn't just like, oh, you're my best friend, so I support you in this hate endeavor. Um, I, yeah. Anyways, I just was like, this, this was it. This was it. You're done. I see that we're taking a very clear stance with where you are and the kind of person you are. Um, and yeah. So basically, this was the point of no return for me, uh, where she's concerned. And then I wrote, yeah. Then uh, that moment kind of gets broken up because Angen shows up. But I wrote, enter property brothers. I mean, Angen. Because. Oh, my gosh. And I know we touched on this last week. But clear, that wardrobe is apparently here to stay. And he looks good. It just. He does. Is, is he wearing. I didn't see his shoes. In I didn't either. Any of these early scenes. Okay. Because if he. I know he was wearing like uh, Timberlanes at the near the end uh during the whole event situation i mean at the actual fancy event they did have him in a suit but 
I'm I'm almost thinking if he's in Timberlands this whole episode because they were kind of loosely tied and they're like big mm-hmm. and probably steel toed. There's probably plenty of room for his feet. I, so it makes me think the whole his whole foot injury, his poor foot. Yeah. I know, poor Adnol. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; he looks good. It's just that he's very consistently not dressed that way for right. 19 episodes, and now all of a sudden he's like flannels and jeans and yes, Timberlands. So. Funny. so Anyhow, um, so then we get some more sad Sarkon and – Yeah, he seems a little restless and then the Kuzlar are starting to head home. Mm-hmm. And um, so <laughs> – Did you did you notice too – I don't know if it was this scene or if it's in the previous like sad montage that we had of them both. But the coffee mug he's drinking out of is red and it says love on it. Oh, so it's not even the color changing one. No, it's like one of those wow. like like one of those N New York City ones that's like L the little tilted O V E. Okay. Um, anyways, but I was just like, of course he's drinking out of a red mug that says of love. Course. Like, of course he is. So of course. So Edda is all determined, and she's like, "We're gonna play by my rules now." Mm-hmm. She says, "I'm the captain now. I'm the captain and- of this ship." <laughs> and. And again, she's got a leather jacket on, and she's all determined, and they head back. Yeah. So yep. everybody is coming to the company. Yes, because Layla calls- gets a phone yep. uh-huh. Layla gets a phone call that Serkan is coming because Ada called Serkan and said, go to the company. <laughs> I, thought, well, I, th- I thought she – she called Layla and said she was coming, and I thought she told her to tell Serkan. Oh, I th- you might be right. You yeah. I mean, not that Serkan – I'm sure Serkan would have answered his phone if Edo was calling, but it seems like Layla's the only one he's taking calls from. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's when I think that's how all that goes down. Like, I'm coming, okay. tell him to come too. Okay. And then Perel updates Idon, right? Yes. So then Idon's going to come. For a yeah. different reason, but she is very excited that Ed Sarah will both be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Serkan shows up. Then Eda shows up again with what? a blue folder. Okay. Okay. So, so the contract is in a blue folder. The contract is in a blue folder. So let me pull up the color blue and then you can keep going. Um, it's the color of trust, which I thought was very interesting hmm. because I really do think when it comes down to it, this contract is about her being able to trust him. Like, mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. So this is the shade of the sea in the sky is thought to induce calm and convey serenity and peace, which, again, she when she hands this to him, she's like, this is so we can act civilly and peacefully towards one another mm. as human beings. Um, and it instills feelings of confidence, feelings of loyalty, integrity, and responsibility. Like, and all those things like being responsible for your words, like all this stuff comes into play okay. from that contract in a blue folder. So – Wow. Anyways, continue. And I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, she's all decked out in leather, more leather mm-hmm. and chains. And she brings in the contract. She walks in so ready looking for like a fight too. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. She, she looks like she's ready to meet up resistance. Oh, very much so. And so. Then she, and then she doesn't at no, all. No. <laughs> she does not. <laughs> So she's like, uh, he he asks what it is, and she says it's a new contract with new stipulations, my rules this time, uh, with my conditions and with my punishments. 
And he's like, oh, okay, cool. The agreement upon the relationship of Edda Yildiz and Serkan Bolat. He says, what do you mean by relationship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that's and what she, he hones in on. Yeah, and she's like, don't even think about it. <laughs> Nothing like this. Uh, it's like you said, it's so we can mm-hmm. talk like two civilized people. And he says, okay, good. And he starts to look through it. And she's like, nope. You're not going to read that. You're mm-hmm. going to sign it right now. You're going to sign it without reading it. Yeah. And he does it. He absolutely does. Like, oh my gosh. I mean, first we get the sad puppy dog eyes when she walks in ready for a fight and she immediately like calibrates <laughs> herself. Yeah. And then, yeah, he immediately just flips to the last page. I mean, he does make a comment about how it's an endless contract. Yes. But <laughs> he does sign it um, and says all that stuff you just said. Now, we got a few different comments, one in the form of an email, which I just thought was really funny, and another just in comments or messages on Instagram of people who noticed how much he walks around with his hands in his pockets. Yes. And I don't know if that's a Karem thing or if this is a Sercom thing, the way like the chair thing is. Right. But, and again, like you, I didn't have time to go, because now I want to go backtrack and look in other episodes, because- with your hand it, having your if, hands in your pockets it's like go ahead no i was gonna say i i might have honestly been thinking the same thing you're thinking so please go on okay so he i'm like i want to go check now in old episodes because it tends to mean body language wise feelings of insecurity or a lack of confidence and we all know when it comes to edda he's always unsure he's always mm-hmm. been a little off his kilter like not his normal self not mm-hmm. sure Constantly not sure what she feels for him, you know, even as he was starting to feel things for her, all he ever heard from her was like, I can't wait till this contract's over, be out of your life, yada, yada. So, like, it makes me wonder, like, is that supposed to mean something when he's around her the way he's feeling? Like, he's not feeling confident in her right now, in her, you know, feelings for him. He's not – he's feeling very insecure when it comes to her, which would make absolute sense in this situation right here. Yeah. Um. And other it's times, also a, it's also a very non-threatening pose for mm-hmm. people. Like his, his arms aren't like out, and uh, he's they're they're back, they're contained, they're yes. in his pockets. So, and it it's it's funny because yeah, we got that email, and mm-hmm. other people have noticed the same thing, and it seems like I. Again, it's like I don't know it, but it seems like this happens mostly when he's in a scene with Edda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he has no trouble conveying confidence everywhere else and just no. getting ish done. Like, you know. Um, but with her, it's just different. So it is. um anyway, so I just wanted to bring that up since we actually got several comments about how he constantly has his hands in his pockets. Um yeah. lately. So, okay, listen. This next part, though, really, I, I, I keep going back and forth on how I feel about it because you know after they sign, she says, um, when, um, when I was away from you, I thought a lot, and he says, yeah, me too, and she says, I'm responsible for my words, and he says, and I'm also responsible for my words. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a perfectionist, you're obsessive, you're a control freak. Um, and at the first problem that you faced, you basically left me out of it. And he says, yes, I clearly made a mistake. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter now. 
because a relationship is built between two people, Sarkhan, and you can't handle this. And he says, don't say that. Mm. And then she says, so now we're just colleagues. And she says, I will continue to work here. I will not run away because I'm not afraid of you. And he basically is like, excellent. I'll be here anyways. And I'm very glad to be here with you. This next part, though, I I get it. I do. But I also hate that she made him do this because she says, okay, now take off your ring. And she takes hers off. She's holding it. And she's like, please take off your ring. And he just mm. – looks at her and she says my name is written on it Sirkan, and i don't want you to wear it mm. and he doesn't <laughs> say anything he just has these looks on his face like crap i really don't want to do this but yeah. i also just signed a contract that i don't know what's in it and mm-hmm. like if i sign something and he's wanting to gain her trust back he's wanting to show her you know um yeah, he has no choice but to cooperate right and so he very reluctantly pulls it off um, and they set it down on this like journal thing. Um, and, you know, and I get it. As her, as someone who's processing and dealing with this major thing. Yes. I get her being like, well, you don't deserve to basically have me on right. any part of your body symbolically or otherwise. But the other part of me, though, is like, but uh, like. I know. But it's his ring and he loves you and that hasn't changed just because you're upset with him. Like, yes, you're stipulating and laying out that you're just work friends, but that doesn't mean that's what he feels for you. Right. And Yeah. So I just – I went back and forth a lot on this because I do understand why she did it, but I've just been so like team Sarkhan never take that ring off, please. Like that – it was right. rough. This was a – that was a rough scene for me to reconcile because I just – I I'm not mad at her for it, but – I don't know that I fully supported her doing it, even okay. if I even if I understood why. So, anyways, I what I did see on Twitter, and and maybe this helped me kind of uh, process it a little mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. because one girl, her theory is basically um, this is sorry guys if you if you made this tweet, I was just scrolling and I didn't take note of anything else, <laughs> like the person who made it, uh-huh. but. They basically said, like, the the next time they put these rings on, it's going to be for real. And mm. so I thought that that was like, okay, that's a bit of a bomb to this really yeah. sad uh, turn of events yeah. for them to, to have the rings off. Because, yeah, ever since they have had it on, they were – they originally put them on You're under right. out a of something, guise, Yeah, out of something, out of something not that real. wasn't real in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I like that idea that – Okay, that whole part is over. Like we're shedding that skin of exactly that okay. phase of mm-hmm. the relationship. It's officially done because the rings are off. Mm-hmm. Nothing is in secret anymore. Okay, everything is out in the open. And now, when they put the rings on next, it's going to be for real. So, okay. whoever tweeted that, I was like, okay, I really like that. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm down. So hopefully that makes you – helps you feel better. I do like that. I do like that. Um, so then we get a mini version of Edda snapping at Celine as she's leaving yeah. the office. She runs into Layla. She and Layla chat for a few minutes um, with yes. their dem. But Celine walks up and she's like, oh, Edda, you're here and back. And she's like, what? You didn't think I would be? And Celine's like, okay, look, listen. Like, 
I don't know what you think about me exactly. And Edda basically interrupts her and she's like, well, let me tell you. I don't trust you even a tiny bit. You are in so love good. with you are in love with Serkan. And I'll tell you what, take him for yourself. Good luck. And then just mm-hmm. walks off. Now part of me is like, okay, you don't actually mean that. But I do also like love that she said it to her, like, especially with the good luck. Like, because uh. a part of me was like thinking, yeah, go ahead and try to take him because I already know that's not gonna happen. Like yeah. that that confidence there. Yeah. Um so then um let's see. This is – oh, yeah. We kind of talked about Edda and F.A. Talk yeah. about the client stuff. And then can we talk about, too, the growth between, like, Layla and Serkan? Yeah. Do you notice any more lately? She is not a nervous wreck whenever he calls no. her name. She ha- She's more assertive with him, like, yes. in this scene when she's like, okay, you want me to do something I don't really want to do, so I am going to demand something of you first. Well, even when she first comes in and she's spewing off all of her reports mm-hmm. and he's he's just like, okay, Layla, great. You're excellent. You take care yeah. of everything wonderfully. And he's basically like, I know you do your job really well. Yes. You're awesome. But here's what I really care about. Uh-huh. <laughs> but even the fact that he like complimented her wasn't just like, I know. okay, you did your job. Anyways, here's what I need. Like he complimented the fact that she held everything together while he was gone, which is huge yep. for him too. Huge. Um, so, uh, do you want to talk about this? I need to go refill my coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, um, essentially, he – she kind of gives him a report. I got to find my screenshots. But – um, and he ends up asking her – oh, no, I didn't even take screenshots. So, there we go. So, he – he's like, okay, you're great, awesome. Um, he's like, Layla, Listen. I need you to do something for me. And she's like, okay, you know, being the same, Layla, yes, Serkambe, yes, Serkambe. And he wants her to report on all of Edda's comings and goings to him. He wants her to tell him every single last thing. He wants her to tell him when Edda breathes, when she eats, when she goes to get a glass of water. And, you know, good for her, Layla is like, Okay, I have to ask you a question then. Mm-hmm. Do you love her? Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, Layla, if I didn't, would I ask you to do this? <laughs> and she's like, okay, well then I guess I'll do it for you. <laughs> I love that. Like, because, you know, she's clearly uncomfortable, like, invading Edda's privacy like that. Yes. And she even says, like, okay, I'm going to do a terrible thing, but it's being done in the name of love, so I'll do it for you. And I yes. I just love that because she's like, it's important that I know this. Do you love her? Like, yeah. So good. Because she and, knows this is an invasion of privacy mm-hmm. and she's not going to like if I do this. But yes, she's like, in the name of love. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, then Celine comes in all whatever, like snotty. And I wouldn't even point this out because it's she just doesn't matter. But – when she drops off this campaign as wordlessly as and snottily as possible, she does stare for a several few seconds. Oh yeah, at the fact that both the rings are sitting on that um, leather journal. Yes. So she clearly takes note of the fact that something went down. Yeah. Um. So then, um, we, we meet Nesrin. Me. Yes, we meet Nesrin. Who shows up at Idon's? She's basically she's clearly someone who's part of that whole committee thing, and she's like, and you know, you can tell they have a frenemy type 
relationship and she's Very like much. let's go together and Idon's like oh joy well no you just go ahead I have things to do I'll meet you there like why is she here at my house what is going on like um but they're basically going to wind up going together to art life to discuss this whole uh committee scholarship thing mm-hmm. so then slithering Celine <sighs> calls the paps the same journalist who she also paid off to lie about uh the contract way back in episode like five. Yeah, so they're good buddies now, apparently. Uh-huh. And basically it's like, hey, I have a hot piece for you. Like Edda Yildiz and Sercombola have broken up. Like and so basically it's like, you're gonna be the first to scoop this, like mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, we're clearly headed down this path. Like, yeah. All right, Celine, cool. Yeah, she's just getting deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. So, um, Pearl and Engin come in just to check on up, up on Sircon. <laughs> They're like, look, we tried to come and see you, um, but we couldn't find – you know, we just wanted to make sure you're okay. Uh-huh. And so he tells them that Edda is going to keep working there and he tells them about the new contract and the fact that he signed it without looking at it. Uh-huh. And they both are like – Boy, you done lost your mind. Like, uh-huh. what? who are you? What is this Sarkhan Bolat? Because you are not the man that we've known for years. No. Well, and even how Pearl's like, you realize you could have signed the entire holding over to her, right? And he's like, I don't even care. She could have it. I'll oh. give her everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know. This I is know. the stuff that I'm like, these are the things that I'm like, why can't she be like on the other side of the door accidentally Over hearing this? this? Like, yes, I know. yes. I know. But you know what I loved during this whole episode? He continues to just be straight with her. Yeah. He is yes. like, I love you. Uh-huh. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. Yep. He's continually telling her these truths uh-huh. to be like, you can trust me. Mm-hmm. I understand. That you don't want me around. I understand. Like, I I just loved that. That he's just continuing to be outright and um, straightforward with her about Uh how he feels about her and what he won't do for her. And if we're really going to parallel this, like, because people started to compare, uh, like, parallels between, like, episodes 7 and 17 and, like, 8 and Uh 18. Like, if you look back at episode 10 – all he was doing that entire episode was not telling her how he truly felt, was not telling her what was actually in his heart, was not I like – I love the parallels in this mm-hmm. show. There's Me too. so much. Me too. Well, and I know we talk about fragments at the end, but obviously 21 is next. And in 11 is when, you know, she tells him like, listen, Serkan, if you don't want someone to go – you tell them not to go. You say yeah. the words. And he brings that back up in the fragment. And so, like, I think – so that also puts me at hope for maybe a kiss at the end uh-huh. or because we got the kiss at the end of 11. Like, but anyways. So, uh, parallels, though. Um, right. So, so Nesrin and Idon come. Mm-hmm. Um, and – what else? <laughs> I mean, like, basically, basically, she wants Edda to be the face of their thing. And Idon's like, yeah, she already said no and kind of discourages it. But then Edda shows up and Nesrin kind of bombards her. And she does wind up agreeing to giving a speech because it's for yes. students who she can relate to, you know, sco- how she got her scholarship and worked hard and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And 
it's funny because I love this like Aidan Serkan moment because then she winds up actually full full on going upstairs and seeing Serkan and he's so happy to see her there because he's like this is the first time she's visited and yes. she's like it's beautiful like you've done such a great job with it it looks wonderful in here and they share like a sweet moment and she kind of explains why she's there like for the whole scholarship mm-hmm. thing and she's like you know you've donated to this before you've built you've built classrooms and schools for us for this and he's like yeah I remember and he's like listen I'm down. And basically is, like, supportive of it, but is, like, listen, you can have parole. She can do whatever she wants. Like, basically, he's going to give, like, money and whatnot, but, like, He'll parole. be a silent backer. Yes. And then, and then, <laughs> Idon's like, yeah, and it's great because Edda's going to give a speech and she's helping us with this. And he's like, oh, Edda's a part of this? Yeah, I think we need to call a meeting about this right away. Like, I think I need to be very involved. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's so good. And I love it because he's like, yeah, let's have a meeting as soon as possible. And he's like, but do me a favor. Can you invite Edda? Because I'm actually not allowed to talk to her. Yeah. And but and her I, point, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. I was like, hey, she she is not lying because mm-hmm. Idan's like, okay, well, if she still wants to punish you, then my dear son, I think there's still hope. Uh She's like, speaking from a woman's perspective, let me just tell you. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So so we uh, head over to the flower shop and basically iFairs become super popular. She's like an official influencer now with getting free gifts and stuff to like post about. And Fifi shows up um, and they kind of talk a bit about like the trip. And Ifair's kind of digging, but Edda winds up calling and lets her know, like, hey, how are you? You know, I'm sorry I haven't seen you. I right. do want to talk to you tonight, you know, because tonight's the night. She's going to tell her about everything. And that's when uh, Ifair's um, like, okay, I'll see you tonight. Love you. And then she gets a catering offer from yes. Shining Women, which is the same company that Idon is on the committee of. Yes. So um, they get all excited and they're going to get prepped for that. And Fifi's going to help her. So um, – this meeting that Sarah Khan all of a sudden needed to call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Edda walks in a little early mm-hmm. and she's like, um, I thought there was a meeting. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there is. You're just the first one here. Because uh-huh. she is obviously uncomfortable being there alone with him. Right. So he's like, he's like, oh, I looked over the contract. And it, they don't say much. But no. they just have a little discourse over the fact that he looked over the contract and he saw all uh-huh. of her clauses. Yes. Yep. Well, I think she mentions even like, okay, well, basically, do you want to cancel it? And he's like, mm-hmm. no, there's no need. I signed it. Like, I'm yeah. going to stick now, to it. She offers to let him cancel it at least twice during uh-huh. this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, nope. Yep. Gelek yolk. Yep. Uh, so we get a beautiful Nesrin Selene moment. Another delicious of- moment. <laughs> because apparently Ferit's mom hates Selene, has always hated Selene, and didn't even bother showing up to the wedding and was like, thanks for proving me right that you're a piece of trash and that I shouldn't have gone to your wedding in the first place. And the way she calls her out in front of everyone and is like, I know. oh, this coming from the woman who declared her love to Serkan the night before her wedding uh-huh. to my son. Like, she just says it right there in the meeting room. I mean, she doesn't say it totally. loudly. Right. But 
I mean, but get they're real. not hidden away from people. No, they're not. And I was like, this is so good. I just well, and Celine sticks her tail between her legs and is like, I forgot I have another meeting and uh-huh. runs away. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Nestrin says, I hope we don't meet again. Like, I, oh man, <laughs> I was like, woman, I don't know you, but I like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> So basically, Angan walks in and is like, oh, shoot, I'm interrupting. And Sarkhan's like, oh, no, stay, stay, probably because he's yeah. the only testosterone in the room. Yeah. Um, so he's like, come sit by me. <laughs> yes. So basically, That's they- so me. If I'm in a situation where I, like, don't know anybody, and then my one friend shows up, I'm like, come here, come sit by me. I saved you a seat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So- um. Yeah, so basically the brainstorming begins. Yeah. Um, and we go out to uh, Safi and Malo. They are um, at like the little coffee spot because yes. Malo has showed up to quit her job, uh-huh. um, which we found out from Fifi <laughs> earlier, but I forgot to mention it. Safi's there obviously, you know, with Idon. And they're chatting a little bit and I love it because – It's so um, funny. It's so funny. Like basically Safi's talking all cutesy about Ed Sarah, like, you know, I th- – you know, them actually being here at the same time. And I love it because Melo's like, oh, my Inish day. And then she's like, wait, no, I'm mad at him. Like, no, he hurt her. He this, he that. But I love it because Safi's like, listen, I know, but Sarah Khan's hurt too. Like, and I honestly believe the only reason he even came in today, finally, was because Edda was showing up. Like, yeah. you know, there's two sides to this. Like, and I just love that Safi kind of like sticks up for him. Yeah. So Melo also – but he's like, what are you doing here though? And, you know, basically she explains that she's quitting and I let Layla overhears and runs off. Mm-hmm. But she's telling Safi she's quitting because basically Celine is the worst. And I love it because Safi's like, I probably shouldn't say this, but yeah, she <laughs> is. Like – and then he yep. even makes all these comments like how she, you know, like, oh, her house flooded and there's no hotels or friends. She had to stay at Sarah Con- Like even yes. Safi is like all about that. Yep. And I just – I love it. So, um, yeah. Anyways. So we're back in the brainstorming room mm-hmm. and um, they're talking about <laughs> Edda's going to show up early uh-huh. to the, the party. And so, of course, Serkan's like, oh, I can show up early too. No problem at all. I'm so helpful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I need to check on things as well. <laughs> A very responsible company owner. <laughs> I love it. And then again, again, this is another growth moment. Oh, my gosh. When Layla comes in with the packets – Serkan immediately notices their sti- – which this was so funny because I'm like, yeah, Layla, that is incorrect because yes. everything's stapled on the right upper right. corner instead of the left. And Serkan's like, this is stapled on the right upper corner. This is right. <laughs> and he's like, Layla, um, please in the future, can you make sure that you correctly staple these packets on the left? And she's like, oh, yes, Serkan Bay, I'll be more attentive next time. Now, if this had been episode five, six – She would have been fired – Oh, yeah. And he would have been like – he would have wigged out the second the packet was like put in front of him. Like, uh-huh. So totally. anyways, I just wanted to point that out. Um, and anyways, now that she's in here, she's like, Sir Kambe, uh, this kind of is semi-related to the whole thing you have me on. But <laughs> – and they basically have this little closed mouth, teeth clenched conversation yeah. where she says basically, Melo quit her job, by the way. Yeah. And he's like, okay, thank you. And then he immediately pulls – something that you and i would totally do like oh absolutely we're like 
I have totally done this on my phone where I type something in the notes and I just like show Ashley my phone because I yeah or we're at the same dinner table uh-huh. and we're texting each other uh-huh. <laughs> and so um so Sarkon basically types something on his computer screen. He's like, Ingen, I need you to look at these very important plans on my computer screen. <laughs> and it basically says, Melo quit her job. Hire her right away, please. Uh-huh. And then sends Ingen off to, like, literally right now, go hire her. Like, go yeah. find her and hire her and sends him out. So, um, and then I love it because when he does leave, of course, Sarkon has to push the chair back in and, like, makes this pointed effort to walk it back over next to Edda and push it in as he, like, leans over her. So funny. Uh-huh. Oh, so good. So at this point, during this meeting, Edda thinks of this mobile school situation mm-hmm. to bring to the neighborhoods who maybe don't have access to certain things. Um, and it's a great idea and they're going to go with that. So that's kind of something that they continue to work on throughout the rest of the episode. It's not super important, but, you know. Yeah. Just part um, of the story. Exactly. And then Idon, when the meeting's dismissed because Nesrin kind of makes a daughter-in-law comment that kind of puts everyone on edge. And so Sarakon's like, this meeting's over. Yeah. I think partially because he doesn't want Edda to explode. And he also doesn't maybe want to hear an actual denial of the fact that she's not Idon's daughter-in-law. Yeah. So meeting's over. He does ask Edda to stay, though. So as Idon and them are all walking out, she pointedly asks Celine to do PR for the event. And I, yes. she clearly only does this to piss Nestron off because Idon plays dumb about, like, why she must hate Celine. Oh, why is she in love with someone else? Who? Who's the boy she's in love with? <laughs> like, I kind of love the trolling. Um, and then, of course, Celine pokes her stupid little head out and checks on the paps and is like, hey, listen, you need to back up a little bit. You can't be this visible. Um so we know something's going to go down. Yeah. And then this so, oh, <laughs> this blueprint scene. Yes. So, oh, it's so they good. have to go over these blueprints. Mm-hmm. They cannot delay. No. They must sit right next to each other. I mm-hmm. love that Sarah Gunn's like, come over and sit next to me and we can go over these blueprints. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> so we get – we get the first ring mm. slip, mm-hmm. and he just pops that ring right into her jacket, uh-huh. and he is leaning into her, and then she kind of backs up and is looking at him, and she's like, excuse me, in the contract, um, you can't even accidentally touch me. <laughs> it's forbidden. It's and forbidden. I'm like, but if it's an accident, how can he actually avoid doing <laughs> it? Like... I just loved that. <laughs> but listen, and he's like, well, what's my punishment? <laughs> and I'm like, are is are we open to suggestions or? He's like, please tell me what is my mm-hmm. punishment? <laughs> but it's nothing. It's nothing uh, nefarious. She do, He just has to no. apologize to the next person he sees. And he just yes. immediately agrees and says, okay. And she's kind of looking at him like. Okay, yeah. really? And he's like, yeah, I keep I keep to the terms of contracts I sign. Mm-hmm. So I love this because we get a quick over to Ifer and Safi who sees Ed Sarah in the conference room. And they're like, you oh, know what? Yes. We can deal with this later. Let's leave them. Let them be. Um, yes. Like this is – we're on the road to, to reunification here. Mm-hmm. So – and I just – oh, this when they – when we come back into the conference room and she's very – you know, she's – 
very focused on the blueprints and all this stuff. And he's just watching her. And I'm like, man, I wish there was a way for her to see the way he looks at her when she has no idea. Like, seriously. Not catch him looking at her because by then it's the end of the look and whatever. I want – Right. I wish there was a way for her to see just to see it. Like, oh, I love it so much. I agree. Because he – Oh, man, his eyes. Yeah. And <sighs> And then I said, let the playful destroyer of ovary Sercon commence because – Oh, my gosh. What does he ask right here, Ashley? <laughs> he's like – so he's – first of all, he's leaning into her. Mm-hmm. He's not touching her. No. But his arm is on the back of her chair. Mm-hmm. And he's staring at her like mm-hmm. his eyes are going to laser through her skull. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so – what happens if I violate the points on purpose? And she's caught off guard because she's like, oh, um, crap. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't. you be caught uh-huh. off guard? <laughs> well, I love it because she recovers pretty well because she, she's stunned she a minute and she's like, well, I hadn't thought of that. I guess I'll add amendments to the contract. But yeah. then she turns and looks at him and she says, well, try it and see. But he gets this little look on his face, and he is straight up about to suck her face off. Like, oh, he, 110%. He's going in for the kiss. And the looks and, between them are so heated. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, I was getting hot myself. I was like, uh-huh. this is, oh, my gosh. I can't even believe this. And then who walks in? Erdem. <laughs> Of all people. Now, listen, I pleaded on Twitter. I'm going to put a public plea out here. Not that the MF Yapum Twitter admin listens to our podcast, but I desperately want the bloopers please, for this please, moment. Please. I need can, it. Can you imagine? I want to know how many times they had to shoot well, this. And you can tell at one point Karam almost breaks. He does break character, but they kind of make it work for the scene. Yes. <laughs> A couple times, like the moment when he turns and pinches his nose, uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, he's about to laugh." Uh huh. He's he's playing it off like mm-hmm. he's upset and mm-hmm. he's irritated and he's mm-hmm. frustrated. But that boy was right about to <laughs> laugh. Oh, so oh badly! Oh my gosh, this was like the relief that we need. I mean, as much as I need, as I wanted that kiss to happen, yes, this was so good. This was so good. A hundred percent. So. Yeah, because he's kind of hemming and hawing about it. And Ed is like, okay. Like, then she's about to leave. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And it's just this whole, like, he's – it's taking every ounce in him to he's apologize. So quietly. He's, he's barely moving his mouth. He's, like, barely spitting the words out one by one. And Erdem is just, like, basking in it. And um, he eventually does get an apology out that basically is, like – I think maybe sometimes I don't see your value and I'm asking for your forgiveness. But Erdem is basically like, well, Sarah Bay, I have this thing where I can't actually accept someone's apology until we hug. And he's like, oh, hell no. And Ed does like, Sarah Khan, you need to hug him. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's like just standing there taking it. And Ed does like, you need to hug him back. And he like, <laughs> He, like, barely forces his hands around him. (laughs) But Erdem grabs him uh and gives him this big old hug. Oh, it's so funny. So funny. And I'm I'm telling you, I'm sure this was 
this probably took the most takes of all the scenes in the episodes because Karem has said in the past before, like, they never give me and Sarp scenes together because, like, we are just – we're just goofballs and we have way too okay. much fun. He said that in a, like, Instagram story or a live one time. So he really loves getting scenes with him because they don't happen often. Okay. Um, which makes me think there's a lot of good bloopers for this. And really quickly, I just want to say I love Sarp. I love this cast so much. Like, yeah. his wife just gave birth and, like – most of the cast was there for, like, the 15-hour duration at the hospital with him. Yeah. Um, I know for sure Hande showed up the next day to visit. Um, like, I just love that they have this connection outside. Like, it's clear they all get along on set. They have fun. Right. they're, like, a family outside of it, too. Like, and even Safi yeah. posted, like, they were decorating, it, I think, his house for Christmas. And Bashak and Sharit were there together with him. And oh I think maybe his partner. I don't know, though. Somebody else that I didn't recognize, though. Um, I'm sure that especially to be filming during COVID times, they probably are a little bit closer anyway mm-hmm. because they can't really see other people. Right. So maybe that's kind of really helped to to bond them yeah. as, as a team. But it's so – I love them all. I, I do too. I just – gosh, that just made me so happy. Like it just yeah. – yeah. Anyways, so – So um, after he goes through this painful scene, mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes to sit down and I love it because he's like, shut up. Don't laugh. <laughs> and, I'm, and part of me is like, is that Hyundai laughing? Because like that had to have been hilarious to watch too. Like, Right, right. But it fits with – it fits for Anna to laugh too. So yes, I, it does. If it was a mistake, I'm glad they kept it. Because me too. she's just like, you really did it. You really mm-hmm. apologized to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, stop it. Stop it. Don't laugh. Yep. So they start talking about the trucks and she gives her whole idea with, you know, two long desks mm-hmm. to help conserve the space. Because she didn't – shelves. Ha- and how she didn't uh-huh. have a personal desk as a kid, but she wanted – she wants these kids she to would, feel like they have their own desks. Yes. And she she's like, it's, it's kind of stupid, but I used to dream that every kid would have a desk of their own. And he's just staring at her like she holds the world. Mm-hmm. And she, he's like, that's not stupid. And so he's going to build she, her a desk and their little robot babies, their own desks, right? One day. Of like, course. They're each going to have their own desk. They're each going to have an executive boss baby desk. <laughs> <laughs> boss baby robots. <laughs> So he's like, okay, what about storage and, you know, mm-hmm. where are they going to put the books? And she's like, well, we can do shelves. And she starts talking about it. Yeah. And he's like just staring at her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do you know all this? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, really? And she's like, what? <laughs> all defensive. And he's like, you truly are an amazing person. Oh, more truth speaking. <sighs> And she's like, uh, we continue to follow the contract. <laughs> and I love <laughs> it because he's like, uh-huh. defense, 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 walls, yep. walls, walls. Again, a full swap of characters. Right. And he's like, uh, there's no clause that says that I can't share my thoughts. <sighs> he's like, if you want, you can take a look at the contract right here. <laughs> I love that so much. And then she basically is like, okay, like she's defeated. But then and he then, said, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, yeah, I thought you would be able to figure this out really easily. And yes, but you're very beautiful. I, I mean, the drawings are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Sarkon. 
And she can't handle the heat, so she's like, I'm going to go work at my desk. Yeah. Because she can't stop him from saying that stuff because there's no clause for it. So she's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, and then I love this because Celine's telling Melo, like, okay, I'm trying to say this to you in a friendly way, but, like, if you just up and quit your job, it's going to be hard for you to find another – basically saying, like, not giving two weeks notice. Right. It's going to be hard for you to find another one. And Melo's like, well, as a – as um, I'm going to say this friendly – Thank you, but I actually already have a job, and Engen hired me. And Salem's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, congrats." Erdem overhears, and it's a he freaks out because he yes. assumes Melo will be replacing him. Yes. So Edda um calls Ifair again, finds out about the catering job. So she's like, basically, like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to. Maybe I'm not gonna be able to tell her tonight. Like, she's just kind of anxious to be able to tell her. Right. Um. So she gets off the phone with her, calls. Kadir, that contractor yeah. guy, gives him a fake name and a place to meet. So we clearly know what she's planning to do. But Layla overhears and immediately tells Serkan, like, listen, she called someone named Kadir. She gave him a fake name. Like, yeah. And Serkan's like, okay, great. Thank you. And he mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to go after her. He luckily gets outside just in enough time because as Edda walks out, she's swarmed by the paparazzi. Yes. Okay. Can I just say, because of – the fact that it has already, like, passed out before. I don't know if it's – has it happened technically in front of Celine? Uh, because I know – I know everybody's aware of it at the very least. So my thing is, like, the fact that she knows this is a health issue for her and mm. she knows that the stress of the paparazzi like that would absolutely cause something like this. Because in episode five, even Peril was like, Edda – you're going to pass out if you go and talk to those paparazzi. You don't have to do this. Yeah. So she knows that. Mm-hmm. And yet she still, stip- like, doesn't care yeah. and made this happen. Like, yeah, and the fact that care. she didn't know Serkan was going to be there to catch her, she very well could have actually fallen and injured herself. Yeah. Like, anyways. Celine doesn't care. No, she doesn't. And luckily, Serkan does show up. He catches her right as she's being questioned about their relationship and if Serkan's cheated on her and he packs her up in the car. Angen does better PR than Celine's done for the last several episodes by chasing these guys out of there as she just stands there and watches and then walks back inside. Yep. She's like, make sure that the the dirty deed is done and then she walks away mm-hmm. as chaos ensues. Yep. So she Edda wakes up in the car. And Sarah Khan is like, okay, look, I'm really worried about this. We need to get you checked out mm-hmm. because this is a serious issue. You could have hurt yourself. Yeah. And she actually agrees. And she's like, yes, you're right. You know, I'll get it taken care of. Everything's okay. And so he makes sure that she's okay. And she's like, I'm fine. My head's spinning a little bit, but I'll mm-hmm. be okay. So. Well, then ahead. she like. She, like, comes to herself and is, like, oh, crap, like, realizes I was headed somewhere very specifically. And she's, like, uh, you need to take me back. I have to go shopping. And he's, like, oh, you mean meet with Kadir? Like, Uh he just calls her out. And she's, like, how did you know? And he's, like, don't worry about it. I heard. And he basically is, like, please let me come with you. And she's, like, I can do this on my own. I can handle it. And he's, like, I understand. But you've always been there for me. Please Mm -hmm. just let me be here for you. Yeah. And – you know, she does wind up letting him, which I really appreciated um, because she doesn't hardly ever let him 
do anything for her. Like even no. with the scholarship and him being like, please let me pay for your scholarship. Like this is what we even agreed upon and now you're not even letting me do it. And, you know, this isn't the first time that she hasn't like allowed that. And um, so I was glad that she did um, allow this. So before we actually get the Kadir confrontation, uh-huh. we, get, we get Ifer and Fifi at the country club and Fifi's all dressed up like posh and whatnot. And we find out her parents are members there. Yes. But, you know, we already know that she's not on great terms with them. They don't like the way she dresses and acts and this and that. She's like, if yeah. they saw me like this, they'd like faint basically because I'm never all business like this. Um, and we get this whole, you know, confusion because Nesrin recognizes Fifi. Idon yeah. walks in and is confused and she's like, oh, you guys are the caterers that we called. Like, okay. Um, she's kind of concerned if they can handle the size of this job. And yeah, not in a, a really me- big event. Right. Not even in a mean way, just in a like – oh, I don't really know if you know what you've gotten yourself into. Right. Um, but then Farid shows up and he makes a quick call to Jaren, wants to fix things. And Jaren's like, <laughs> yeah, boy, bye. And uh-huh. hangs up. And um, so, yeah, they're all about to just kind of sit down and have this meeting about the order that they need from from iFair for catering. So Exactly. Then we have the Kadir confrontation. Yes. Do you have the screenshots of the things <sighs> she do. said to him? I do. So – I, I didn't get the first couple of things that she says, but she's kind of talking about, you know, that it's her family. Mm-hmm. She is saying – says stuff about her parents and she says something about her dad. She says, he gave me his word when I turned 18 mm-hmm. that he was – that uh, he was to take me to the stars. Did you know that? So obviously this is a specific thing and perhaps the – thing behind the Yilda's name. Mm-hmm. So, and the star tattoo. Uh-huh. Like maybe exactly. she got that on her 18th birthday. Yep. Uh, yes. So she says, these two names that you gave to mm-hmm. Aptikin Bay, this is my family. My family. These are two names, two people, two people that you killed. Mm-hmm. I have only one wish, that you would not find peace in all your life so that, that you would never smile, not even once. So it's it's just kind of brutal, and she's mm-hmm. just giving him a piece of her mind. Yeah. Well, and this has and, been building since she was five years old. Like, right. And uh, part of me, like, I understand it, but part of me is kind of like, you obviously did not feel better after you said all of this stuff. No. So part of me is like, was this a good thing for her to do? Yeah. But again – I understand. She's just found this out. She's mm-hmm. acting rashly. We know that Ida is very passionate a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So – Well, it, and she can't be in the denial part of grief because it's very clear that her parents are gone. So yeah. she's in this anger stage of this new grief of reliving it. Yeah. And that's – Exactly. Clearly showing. But yeah. Because it does seem very out of character for her and her – who she is to – wish that upon someone yeah um you know yeah. she's done it to Alptakeen. she's right. done it now to kadir but it also does go with you know she's human and clearly yes she still has a lot of grief and heartache and anger to work through in regards to her parents death it's one thing right. to say that you've learned to just live with it but it's another to let go of the things that come with that um, That's true. That's and, a good point. You know, she's holding it against grandma. She's holding it like so in that sense it does um it does match up with her words. Um but it's interesting That's to me true. that it goes against 
the way she is in every other aspect of her life. Yeah, it um, seems like it's the only the only part of her that is that way. Mm-hmm. Like this is the only situation where she is that way. And I don't yeah. know about you, but I prefer my characters not to be perfect. Yeah, they need like, to have flaws. Mm-hmm. I like them flawed. Yeah. yeah they're relatable and, that way. Yeah, they're human. Yep. I I so, want I want to point out really quickly um that someone and I cannot remember who now. I don't know if it was a message or just something I saw, but somebody pointed out that the fact that her dad couldn't take her to the stars, mm-hmm. but Sercon technically placed her among the stars, oh. like by buying her one. Oh in a way, gosh. in a way, he did take her to the stars. So her dad played a role in getting her there because, again, had this course of events not happened, she and Sercon wouldn't necessarily be in each other's lives. Oh my and gosh! So like he symbolically took her to the stars like she literally is in the stars because there is a star named edda yildiz oh my gosh i love that so much uh-huh and so why and i was like oh my gosh i have to talk about this so oh uh, anyways so carry on after <laughs> so after she gives kadir what for and spews everything to him mm-hmm. she is very upset yeah and Serkan is making sure she's okay, and she inadvertently starts to reach for him. And you can tell he's it's oh everything gosh. in him not to just hold her because he's oh kind gosh. of got his arm out too. Like, oh my god, this struggle was so gut wrenching because oh it's a raw moment for her. It's a raw moment yeah. for him because he can't. I mean, yes, he got to be there for her, but not in the yeah. way that he wants to be, and right. even I would say in the way she needs him to be. But yeah. she's not allowing. Correct. Um, yeah. But he's respecting her. And, he and this whole scene, because he says, she's like, thank you for being with mm-hmm. me. And he says, always. Mm-hmm. And excuse more truth, me, more the truth. Potterhead in me was like, always. <laughs> Hande would, would appreciate you saying that. Karem would not. But... <laughs> And so Serkan just checks again. He's like, mm-hmm. "Are you okay?" And she says, "Yes, I, I'm okay. I'm okay." Because he check, he asks her that two times, right? Because he doesn't want to leave her, but now yeah. he has to because he has no excuse to be there anymore. Well, and he says, because she says yes, and he's like, "Okay, then I'll go." Mm-hmm. And she clearly doesn't want him to go because she says mm-hmm. Serkan as he's walking away. Yep. But then she can't think of any reason for him to stay. Nope. And so she, what she has to say is she says, deal with the reporters. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. It, but we know that that's not what she really meant. No, because she wouldn't have – it's the way she said his name. She – no. She would have just said like, oh, hey, by the way, can you deal with the reporters? Because that's one of the last things I can handle right now. Yep. But no, it was – because the – her entire tone and everything changed mm-hmm. from the way she said his name and then the request that she actually made. Um, yeah. yeah. And can I just say, so I know that some people have been ranting about the fact that they're not back together yet after however Ooh, is this many your episodes. Is this your soapbox moment? <laughs> is this your soapbox moment? You guys, this Ashley is- <laughs> Ashley told me yesterday, she's like, I have a soapbox thing, which Ashley doesn't get on her soapbox very often. I do a lot like on Twitter and stuff because I'm mostly uh-huh. the one that runs that. Right. Although, Ashley, I'm going to give her the credit. She absolutely is the one that posted all of our Spotify stuff yesterday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, you have a soapbox moment. I can't wait to hear this. Well, because, okay. 
Lay it I, out. You you guys know that Kristen and I are both big readers, okay? Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have learned from reading a lot is about characters, that I love character development, that I love a flawed character. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned that a huge aspect of storytelling, of writing, is conflict. If you want to tell a story, there has to be conflict. If you want to move a plot forward, there has to be conflict. If everything is peachy keen and nothing ever goes wrong and everything is fine all the time and you have two perfect characters who just fall in love with each other and nothing else is is going wrong it's gonna be so boring you guys oh you would be gosh. bored to tears bored out of your mind and we have seen these two characters go through so much separately and now together we have seen their character development and you want to know how that character development was driven through conflict oh my gosh so i'm I just telling you, you- Love you so much. (laughs) I'm just – because here's the thing. It's like if they didn't go through these horrible moments, Mm -hmm. if they didn't work through this stuff, like look at your own life. Mm -hmm. If you have ever been in any kind of relationship, whether that's a friendship or Mm -hmm. a romantic relationship, you're going to have these moments of tension. You're going to have these moments when you have to say hard things, where you have to deal with things, you have to confront people. Mm -hmm. But you know what it does? It makes you a better person. And so what we have been able to see through the show, I think is so beautiful as far as the character development and as far as these two people growing separately as humans and helping Mm -hmm. each other to grow. Because frankly, I'm not a fan of two people who like, quote, fix each other because Mm -hmm. suddenly they're in love and now they don't have any problems at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not really that big a fan of that kind of storytelling. But this is not what we're getting with the two of them. Nope. And everything that they've been through, they're building trust now because everything is out. They're building trust. They're finding ways to really tell each other the truth and to mm-hmm. tell each other that they are committed, that they mm-hmm. are loyal. At least right now, that's what Sarah is doing. But I just, I was like, I have to talk about conflict and story yeah. because everything that you're like, if you see a show, if you read a book, if you watch a movie and you're like, man, this is a great story. I can guarantee you it's because of the conflict that's happening, mm-hmm. whether it's between two actual physical people or, you know, man and, against nature, man right. against whatever, man or against machine. Man against his own internal self Absolutely. and thoughts. Mm-hmm. It is conflict. Mm-hmm. So – Capital C. Yes. Mm-hmm. So everybody can just calm down <laughs> <laughs> because – I trust that this is building to what it needs to build to. And yes. by the end, if it were some quick, easy resolution, mm-hmm. we would all feel so disappointed. And yeah. we would feel really let down. It would be so anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. But the more we can see them work through their crap, the the better, the sweeter it's going to be at the end. Yep. So anyway, that that's all. <laughs> that's why so far. Listen. <laughs> I 110% support you. And I have been saying versions of that one way or another, I feel like the last few weeks, especially on our last couple of Instagram lives that we did. Mm. Um, and even, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I had um, I had opened our Instagram to uh, 
like people being able to write in, you know, like the little Q&A thing. Oh, yeah. Specifically about the one of the fragments. Uh-huh. And, you know, so we were ch- chatting about that. And I even – I did address like um, a, quote, if the writer ruins it moment, like meaning if they don't kiss at the end of that elevator scene, like it's yeah. going to be ruined. And, you know, and I addressed that like – I won't see it as ruined. It's just not the way the story is going. And that's not to say, like, do I right. want a kiss? Of course I of do. Of course. Like, of course I want that. But, yeah, I think the big thing to remember is we're not watching a story we've written play out on screen. We are watching somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. And it isn't necessarily going to go the way we think it's going to. Right. Always. Or the way we want it to go always. Um, But overall, when it comes down to it, like, yeah, there are – are things that are disappointing, like the direction Alptekin's character is going. But sure. I also have a few thoughts and theories about that too. I yeah. never expected this. I wouldn't have written this for him. Right. I literally said in episode eight, this man's not a cheater. Like, and clearly <laughs> I was wrong. Um, and I will eat those words. Right. But like, I trust the process. And mm-hmm. I am also just going to say, because there's just been a lot of drama about the writer and writing team, they are not in any show <laughs> – not just ours, they are not the be-all, end-all to the story. They have people to answer to. Mm -hmm. So while, yes, they are the bones and the skeleton of the story, I I feel very confident in saying every single thing that plays out on screen is not necessarily the original way it was meant to. If If the studio or the producer or someone says, hey, we need to go in this direction. You need to put this in. You need to implement that. The yeah. writing team has to do that. That's who they answer to. The, yeah. the writers are not the top dogs of no, they're not of of show making or movie making or DZ creating. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyways, I'll, yeah. I'll stop there. I'll get off. I'll <laughs> I'll jump off the soapbox too. But I just I just, just stuff like to that. keep in mind. Yes, just things to keep in mind. Yeah. Um. So, so. where were we? Um. <laughs> Oh, we're back at the country club. Yes. And Federit basically jumps in kind of to defend iFair because, again, they're like, oh, we need 600 orders and all this. And, of course, iFair's like, oh, holy crap. Like, yeah, I think they were right. I don't – can't handle this. And Ferit's like, oh, no, iFair has a whole kitchen and a whole staff. She can handle this. It's fine. So yeah. they kind of go off on their own and she's like, why did you say that? And he's like, iFair, like – I own hotels. I have big kitchens full of staff. You can work in one of them and you can, you know, basically punch this order out. And she's like, why would you do this? And he's like, because I hate when someone says to someone, you can't do this or you can't handle this. And I love that because Fifi's like, yeah, high five. Like it kind of gives – he's working his way back in the good graces of the people Jaren loves and I'm here for it because I never bought what he said last week on the phone. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm good with I'm good with him trying to uh make that right. Yeah. So anyways, um so Angan and Pearl come to go to Celine to see if she'll clean up the whole report issue. But she is so apathetic and she's like, well they're the engagement is broken, right? So why shouldn't everybody know? Well, and then even her being like, his personal life isn't my problem. Then he should be more careful about it. Hey, hag, yeah. he is careful about it. You're just someone who's allowed to be close to him still at this point, And you have now used that as a weapon. Like yep. just the sheer fact that she'd be like, he should be more careful about his personal life when you're the one who exploited it. 
Yep. Uh, mm. And then they're explaining all the reasons why he would be upset. He hates mm-hmm. his personal life, splashed all over the news. And she's like, there's not much I can do. I'm not a magician. And then she walks away. I, I was like, wow, okay. So you're <laughs> just fully anti-Sercon at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So Sercon's back home. He has a couple flashbacks with the ring, first giving it to Edda and the times he's put it back on her finger. And yes. Um, it's kind of a montage. Fifi sees the tabloid news and kind of gets stressed because she clearly doesn't want Eifer to see it. Yes. Um, Edda is uh, heading somewhere and she reaches in her pocket and finds the <laughs> ring. Yeah. But, you know, she's not mad. She actually no. smiles as she's getting into her car. So mm-hmm. I love this because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love this. This is going to, like, hopefully turn into a game for them that neither one of them admits they're playing. Yeah. Because he's not going to admit he put the ring in her pocket and she's not going to admit she found it. She's just going to find a way to put it back in his pocket. Like, so yeah. I I don't know. I kind of love that unspoken thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Idon and Safi are back home. She's kind of sad. It's evening because she's like, Sercon yoke, Optikin yoke. Like, yeah. And she essentially winds up sending Safi to check on Optikin at the hotel he's at because she's worried about him. Right. Um, so. Sarakon is now scrolling the news. He's still back home in his kind of little mini sadness, I'll call it. It's not full yeah. sadness, but um, – and basically calls Celine and talks about the whole paparazzi thing. And she regurgitates the same crap she already said to Ingen and Perul. And he's like, yep. oh, I see. So it's going to be like that. Great. Mm-hmm. Hang, hangs up the phone. Yeah. Um, Ivar and Fifi are busy cupcake prepping at the big kitchen that Farid mm-hmm. got for them. Um. Edda calls her, basically finds out she's not going to be home now in the evening because she's doing all this stuff. So she's like, okay. And she, she realizes she's not going to be able to talk to her tonight. And right. um, and is super happy. So mm-hmm. Edda's like, great. She's so thrilled right now. And I'm going to have to drop this terrible bomb. Right. Um. So then Serkan is picture browsing on his phone. Mm-hmm. And I just love that a lot of these are like behind the scenes photos and not like <laughs> staged photos for the show um and like one of like the one of them it's so cute where she's kind of like laying her head on his shoulder that's like from when they were shooting the first unaired pilot i'm pretty sure um Mm. anyways so i just thought it was cute and he's kind of bouncing he's bouncing his ring um and then he shows up at her house with sirius i love it so When he calls her and he asks how she is, um, I don't know if you noticed this, but she says, you're violating Clause 59 in our agreement. <gasps> did you look up the number 59, Ashley? I did. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so, because I'm like, okay, she specifically said a number. She sure <laughs> did. And now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, the number 59 is uh, a message that many positive changes you that you should expect many positive changes soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're asking you to get rid of the past negative influences from your life mm-hmm. and to make space for the new ones, which will make your life better. Clause fifty nine, baby. <laughs> it is reminding you to express gratitude and appreciation for all of your experiences from the past, and then leave them behind. Mm. 
The changes that are coming into your life will completely transform it and align it with your life purpose and soul mission. Soul mission. Oh my gosh. So there we go. Mm -hmm. So um, basically he's like, okay, yeah, I'm violating it, but we are work friends and work friends are allowed to be concerned about each other. And also Sirius was concerned about you and he's not used to his new home and he wants to go for a walk. And she basically is like, okay, if I if it's just me and Sirius, I'll go. And he's kind of yeah. like, eh, duh. Like, but she doesn't take the bait. And I was like, my poor boys, like, they just end up going on a walk on their own. They have to yeah. go on a walk without their without their pericas. Um, yeah. So it kind of has a sad conclusion to that scene, but I still loved it. I still loved it. Yes. Um, so now it's the next day. She's on her way um, out of work. So it's like later in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, she's leaving Art Life to go get ready for the fundraiser. This is when we get like the final thing. F.A. again confirming there's a big client. He wants her to meet. He's going to set it up. Yada, yada. Yeah. Um, Sarah Khan is outside and <laughs> he's clearly – well, I mean he's on the phone. So at least he had that going for him. Like, right. You know, like it he hadn't left have yet. Been a coincidence. Right. And so <laughs> hangs – as she's coming out, he's like, okay, we'll talk later. Hangs up. And then is like, well, work friends can ride together, right? Like, because she's going to take a taxi. And, of course, she has to be responsible for her words because they are work friends. And so she is like, okay, fine. So they're going to ride over to the country club together. Yeah. So enter Safi. He goes to the hotel to check on Alptekin. And as he's heading into the elevator, he sees Alptekin walk by. So he's like, oh, there he is. Let me go Mm -hmm. follow him and see how he's doing. So I legitimately was like, okay, maybe this is innocent. Uh-huh. Maybe everything is okay. Right. Until, just like Safi noticed, he grabbed her hand. Yep. So Safi's like, oh my gosh, he took this woman's hand. Mm-hmm. What am I going to tell Aidan? Mm-hmm. So he's officially seen him with another woman. Yep. And so he we'll – go- We'll come back to that. He nopes on out of there. Um, yeah. It's prep time at the country club. Ifair's kind of stressed, like um, – you know, Duran and Federit have like a quick little kind of chat, I guess, that basically doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and Ed Sarah's in the car. They're on the way. Yeah. She's studying, I think, for her classes, yeah. right? She's like yeah. – I What I took it was that she like had homework that's kind of built up over the last however long because she's been busy okay. with work. Same. Me too. Yeah. Um, and he offers to help her and she's like, yeah. no thanks. Cause he's like, I can help you study and I can help you with this. She's like, no, I've got it. And then she's like, by the way, I also don't want you in the room when I give my speech. And he <laughs> is like, he's like, okay, like as you wish, but you know, he's clearly not loving that. Right. Um, and then she's like, by the way, again, are you really trying to change or just pretending? Hmm. And do you, what does he say, Ashley? He says, when will you understand, Ida, that there's nothing that I won't do for you? <sighs> okay. I, I do want to insert a like parenthetical, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Because I said, I would like to argue that he's not, quote, changing. Mm. He's just able to actually be the person that I believe is already like in there. Like, because when you just change for someone – Right. It doesn't last because right. you're doing it to, like, impress them. And, and it's not really you. Yeah, it won't last, like you said. Right. So I believe it's just 
it's a person that's already in there who's just kind of been buried deeply by the trauma he's been through in his life. Yeah. And that she is helping him navigate that trauma mm. so that he can be that person. Like, because mm. if you recall back to like, what was it, episode four, when Safi tells her like, this is a Sarakon I haven't seen in a very long time. Not yeah. a Sarakon he's never seen. Right. Just one that hasn't surfaced in a very long time. So yeah. I feel like that's what this is. Just – anyways. No, that's great. I love so, that. Um, let's see. Safi and Idon are talking about the outfits. She asks oh, about yeah. Alptakeen. He kind of evades that. Nesrin comes in. There's some drama because she brings up like, oh, it's she's really not your daughter-in-law. They kind of call her a gossip. Like, well, why do you think we didn't bring it up because you're being a gossip about it? Yeah, um, and they – and Nesrin and uh, Idon, we can kind of talk about this. There's there's a whole drama the rest of this episode mm-hmm. between Nesrin and Idon and the whole presidency for their little club right. community thing. So that's just something – we'll get little snippets between all the different scenes. Yes. Of them just kind of being They're just battling here. it out. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So – and there was a thing we didn't mention, but it's worth mentioning. Um, earlier in the episode, Nesrin was kind of like, listen, we're on a budget for this and you're hiring all these models for this fashion show that goes right. way beyond the budget. And Idon's like, why don't you let me worry about that? So anyways. Yep. Um, so Ed Sarah arrives – um to the country club they split um they split up because ed is gonna go say hi to her aunt and she winds up telling the girls she really doesn't want to ruin ifair's night so she's gonna tell her later so i'm like please let this start to plant some understanding yeah it's it's not the same because she's not waiting very long at all but it's a it's a fraction of Mm -hmm. maybe what sarkhan was feeling like right not wanting to make her unhappy, not wanting to hurt her with this information the same yep. way Ed does not wanting to do to Ifair. Um, yeah. So she will tell her later. Angen mm-hmm. then is chatting with everyone. He's kind of talking about how dull their lives look in comparison to like this bright model life, like yes. kind of a thing and how cool it is. And Pearl's like, are you a secret? Uh, Chopkin is the word Miriam mm-hmm. taught me. And it's like playboy flirt. You know, it's okay. And so then Sarkhan's like, I mean, it's possible. And Ingen's <laughs> like, what the heck, bro? Like, you just sold me out. Um, That's funny. So yeah. then F.A. comes up and we get the official, official announcement that he's leaving. And Sarkhan's like, okay, what about your shares? You're still a partner in this company. And F.A. just says, well, yes, I'm going to keep, I'm going to hold on to my shares, but I'm going to have my partner manage it. Um, while I'm in Italy. Because yes. even Pearl's like, oh, forever and ever you're going back to Italy? And he's like, yeah, forever and ever. So yeah. bye-bye F.A. He's officially gone. And this is our goodbye to him. And yes. his proxy, his partner, will be there instead. Yes. So um, Idon and Ida are chatting. And she's like, hey, can you help me with something? I, I actually do really want to run for the presidency. And I'm going to need your help. Um, with that and she's like yeah of course you know and she's like okay I don't need it right this second but I'll tell you when and she's like okay yeah. cool I'll help you so she's already and has already agreed to help with something that she doesn't even know yet so nope. good idea <laughs> uh, but now it's time for her speech which of course Serkan does make sure he's in the back of the room to hear because mm-hmm. how can he not like um, yeah. and you know because he's just so proud of her and there are two things she say she says that really stuck out to me Yes. Um, and I'm glad because one of them actually comes back to her, and I'm glad that it does, um, yeah. from Sirkan, no less, later on. Um, but, you know, she's just giving a sweet speech to these girls relating to them. 
understanding the difficulty getting out of bed every day to like go study, but it's worth it and don't give up. And she basically is like, you know, and also as a sign off is like, I just want to remind you that logic is great, but don't neglect your heart because your heart Mm. is stronger. Yeah. And then the other thing she tells them is not to be afraid of making mistakes because they help strengthen you. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Yep. Um, so, later on, Sarkon comes up and congratulates her on her speech. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a mirror moment that parallels 2 and 10, like these yep. where he walks up to her in the mirror and they have these, like, moments that don't, that don't seem important. They're not really, quote, anything, but right. they are. Yes. And so she says, this was interesting because she says, I don't know what I was saying, but thanks. Mm -hmm. It's like, you knew what you were saying. Yes, you did. (laughs) And he says, I'll tell you what, uh, I listened to your speech again on the way home. And she says, why? Why are you so interested in my speech when I – oh, wait. Am I – did I skip ahead? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They – Oh, this is later. Just kidding. Yeah, because they haven't gone back home to get ready yet. Yeah, my bad. That's okay. Um, But she slips – sorry. She slips the ring back in his pocket. Yeah, She like accidentally, accidentally Mm -hmm. bumps him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, sorry. I lost my balance. (laughs) I love his response though because he's like, hmm, I wonder what the punishment would have been if I had been the one to, quote, lose my balance. And again, she says, well, we can cancel the contract if you want. And he says, nope, there's no need. No, there's not. And let it be known that Celine the voyeur is staring and completely intruding on this moment. Yes. And sees over the ring sees the ring drop, is watching the interaction between them. Um, and then Sarah Khan is looking at Edda with just ugh, the swooniest hard eyes. And mm-hmm. then Angan interrupts. The bubbles popped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've got stuff to take care of, so off they go. Mm-hmm. Um, real quickly, Nesrin adores Jiren, as do we all. Mm-hmm. Um, Ifer tries to hypnotize Melo. Luckily, yep. that's broken before Melo can spill anything. And yeah. Ifer and Nesrin kind of battle it out, like you said. They're at the speech yeah. podium, yada, yada. Um, Edda gets upset that Ifer wasn't thanked because she played such a big role in this. But right. Ifer is like being humble and is like, yeah, but I haven't done anything compared to the contributions that people have made. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Federic comes in. Ifer sings his praises, thanks him for his help, which I think sort of maybe starts the softening on Jiren. Yes. Towards him. And now it's time to get ready for the main event. So we got to yes. go back home, get dressed, come back for the fashion show and um, all of that. Yeah. So Idon is all ready. She's looking gorgeous. Uh, but she can't get a hold of Alptekin and he hasn't called. And Safi is still hedging around the fact that he has seen Alptekin and is just like, oh, yeah, he must be really busy. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. The girls are getting ready. And basically she's like stressed about – Edda's stressed about telling Ifair. She's like, you know, I can't tell her until afterwards because she's so happy and excited about this. She's like, but then when I do, it's going to crush her. She's going to want to process this. Like, you know, you can't, people want to be alone in their, you know, thoughts and feelings and this and that when they get news like this. And so Fifi basically is like, well, then why don't you write her a letter? Yeah. Which I – okay, I get. But part of me too was like, what a really crappy way to find out all by yourself in a letter. But I, I see how they set it up. Like they set it up how right. Edda would have – you know, because Edda wanted to be alone in her feelings and get away. Right. So she's trying to make that happen for Ifair. So right. she writes a letter before they head back to the country club and she leaves it on the table at home. Yeah. Um, 
So this is the moment that mm. I skipped to. Yes. <laughs> because Sarkon in a suit and an overcoat gets this babe walk. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Ooh, man. Yeah. Listen, uh, I know I I want him in more casual clothes, like especially now that we got a sneak peek of it and watching his other shows, knowing how great he looks in casual clothes. Mm-hmm. I will never get sick of him in a well-tailored suit, especially no. especially when there's an overcoat with it. Like, I don't know what it is about these overcoats, but it's it's the Karem effect trademark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to trademark so that phrase, the Karem effect. Yeah, it's so good. I just want to wrap myself in it. Yep. So then the Kuzlar arrive and mm-hmm. they get their own babe walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, Serkan says, how you shine, Edda Yildas. Which Except he's not looking at her eyes. Let, no, let he's me just not. point that out. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, nobody blames you, Serkan. So we're not calling you out, just making an observation. <laughs> She tells him he looks chic like he always does. Yes. Yes. And this is when he says. Yes. So I listened to your speech again on the way home. She says, why? Why are you so interested in my speech Would that I told to some kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you said something that I liked. You said that mistakes make us stronger. Do you really believe this? Mm-hmm. And she says, why would I say something if I don't believe it? Of course I do. And he says, okay, then why don't you believe that I can get better? She says, Serkan, this is not the same thing. He says, Edda, I think you shouldn't be so cruel to me. Put yourself in my place. And then she kind of ends up walking away after yeah, this. she does. Because she doesn't have an answer. Right. Well, yeah. And he's right. And he absolutely had the right to say this and point this out because yeah. he – He literally is doing everything he possibly can to prove to her. And here's the thing. I know a lot of people are mad at Edda, like, because this seems childish. This seems, you know, contract. But she's speaking his language. She's speaking a language he understands. Mm -hmm. And I get it. And And she even says at the beginning, I have to protect myself from his love. Yes, because she – yeah, because she is very unsure right now. Yeah. And even though he's doing all these things to tell her she can be sure, like, you know, she she's not secure in that yet. Right. um, And I can't be mad at her for that. Like, just like I – just like I'm not mad at Serkan for taking forever to tell her about her parents because I – Although it's not right, I understand where he's coming from and why he did it. So It's the whole human aspect of the two of them that you're like, yes, if you were a perfect person, then you would have done this. Mm -hmm. But they're not perfect people. They're human. And so their emotions are are getting in the way of their logic and their – yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, now Idon is trying to rope everyone into a bachelor auction. And of course, uh-huh. they're all like, oh, heck no, we're not doing this. Except like, for F.A. F.A. is like, sure, let's do it. Yep. <laughs> um, so Idon kind of looks at Edda and Edda comes over and all she does is says, Serkan. <laughs> and then what do you know? Every man has agreed to this bachelor auction. And... <laughs> Here we go. The donations are just pouring in for Sarkon, and that's when we find out that the winner gets to go to dinner 
with Sercon. Yep. So And then Edda is immediately interested in how this auction is going and the fact that Sercon has been racking in the highest mm-hmm. number of bids. And but <laughs> she's not jealous. She tells Layla she's not jealous. Yeah, because Layla's like, oh, oh, are you mm-hmm. jealous, Edda? <laughs> yep. So then we get a quick thing where Idon tells Safi, listen, you're gonna come to me in a few minutes and tell me that the models can't come because they've all been poisoned. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I think she more means just like sick or they got food poisoning um, right oh also during this whole thing Celine is clearly so miserable because yep. nobody likes her and she's sitting by herself and making nobody sour likes faces me. Everybody, everybody hates me guess I'll go eat worms I wish <laughs> yeah go kick rocks Celine I was <laughs> like I was, it's like yeah suck on it I hope you feel horrible right now uh-huh, uh-huh. I hope you're miserable oh she is <laughs> So um, Ed Sarah is now grabbing coffee and yes. it's, you know, she's like, oh, I see you brought in the most donations and I'm pretty sure it's now been made public, whoever the winner is, like, that gets to go to dinner with you. And uh-huh. he's like, oh, yeah? And he's like, well, why are you jealous? And she's like, you think I'm jealous? And he's like, no, I don't. And he just, again, just speaks clearly and plainly, but I want to have dinner with you. Mm. And he pulls out a piece of paper and she like looks at it and she's like, wait, so you want me to see who won? Okay. And he's like, no, this is the address to the restaurant. I want you to go. And she's like, so let me get this straight. Instead of just asking me to go to dinner, you made the biggest donation so that you were the winner of dinner with yourself just so that you could like go to dinner with me. And we're like, yes, that's exactly what he did, Edda. That is exactly what he did. Okay. He not only got so involved in this whole situation, Uh donated all this stuff, has taken a personal hand Uh in these young, wonderful girls, Uh but he has officially (laughs) donated the most to buy a date with himself Uh so that he could have Edda join him for dinner. (laughs) And listen, I thought this next part was so poignant. Mind mind you, Celine's still staring and stalking, watching this Uh whole interaction. Yeah. And he hands her the paper and says, I'll wait for you. And I okay. wrote, okay, cries endlessly because that's literally all he's been doing. He's waiting for her. Like, so, that is the theme of this episode. And So this and the end scene made me think of there is a Coldplay song called Kingdom Come. Mm. And I was like – this is my version <gasps> of the Swifty edit moment. Okay, okay. Let me <laughs> throw it out there. All you talented Ed Sarah editing people. Uh, Ashley, who is <sighs> Baya Effing Cool on Twitter. Love her. She makes really gorgeous edits. So does um, Evie or Evie. I don't remember which way how to pronounce your name. Uh, cool Cat somebody or Cool Care. Gosh, I can't think of your handle now. But three, the three of you for sure make gorgeous musical edits so if one of you wants to take on the kingdom come coldplay song is for you all wait till kingdom come (gasps) until my day my day is done yes we need that edit somebody please (laughs) make it somebody please please make it because i am not talented enough to make an edit that's longer than like 20 seconds so it's um i love it i was like oh i can hear chris martin singing right now i love that oh i love that 
So, so, yes. so now the models are sick. OMG, who will we ever use? <laughs> and I love that Savie's like, they got sick on hamburgers. And like, Nesrin's like, models eat hamburgers. <laughs> and Idon's like, yeah, they get hungry too. <laughs> and then the girls are just laughing uh-huh. in the background. So, oh my gosh. Idon's like, I just need six cute girls. I wonder. And then she starts counting the girls off one, two, three, four, five, six. And of course, She's they're like, they're like, heck, ta, 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 ta. Uh-huh. she starts dancing. And she's, they're all like, no way, we can't do this. But then she calls in her favor with Edda. And as we yes. know, Yildizes keep their promises. So she's like, sorry, girls, we have to do this. So basically, they all start to go get ready. And we get this montage I, of Edda getting dressed. And I was like, damn, Hyundai, leave some scorching hotness for the rest of us. Yeah, I said, if you watch your screen temperature, y'all, like, the <laughs> careful can- that your TV doesn't combust when you're watching this. Seriously, Hakan, did you have – that was probably your favorite scene to film, huh? I'm mm-hmm. assuming it was Hakan behind the camera. Not that there's – there. I mean, there's more than one cameraman, but um, – And then I was like, hey, hey, Serkan, Serkan, are you going to be okay? We Do we need to get you a defibrillator okay, for listen. this next scene? Listen, so – there's a theory that they kept Hande hidden. Oh my gosh. <gasps> so that the first time Serkan oh sees Edda was the first time Karem saw Hande, which oh would gosh. maybe explain the fact that that poor boy is very visibly getting he's red. Shooketh. He well and he he's blushing. Like his yes, face his entire is. face. Okay, there's a line in the song that plays in the fashion show um later and it's like about a, a face like the color beetroot red and i was like well if that was not this right here uh-huh. because Poor i was man. like yeah because you can't hide that and i'm sorry can no, you you can't can you act a blush can you act and force a blush to happen i don't know if you can but he is visibly shaken by her and uh-huh. he's like wow and she's like what <laughs> he's like it's incredible <laughs> We're all red faced. Oh my god! Are you ready? Go be a model. And (laughs) she's like, "Oh yeah, I made you do it, and now it happened to me too." Uh (laughs) He's like, "I came to wish you good luck." She's like, "Well, don't watch me while I walk because I'll fall." And then he says, "I'll catch you." (laughs) And then she walks away, and he's like. Yeah, he literally exhales. Uh huh. Very much. Yeah. Like, oh He's, my. He needs a moment to compose himself, I think. I needed a moment to compose myself, <laughs> for goodness sakes. Um, so, Perul, God bless her, tries uh, to reason with her yes. friend because she's like, this is not the type of person you are. I'm not understanding this because she's still all bitter and like, it, did you see how Edda looked at me? Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. And Perul's like, you're not this type of bitter person, you know, you're going to come to your senses and realize, like, that this is not worth it. Like, and also, can we point out that Celine is dressed like a banquet hall chair? She, okay, that is such a good comparison. She reminded me, I was like, she looks like she's on the set of Kill Bill. Like, she's the master or she's (laughs) Lucy Liu's character when – the bride fights her. I was like, she's legit ready to start swinging some swords. Oh my gosh. So all that to be said, I'm very glad Perel's not just like, I'm your friend, so I'm going to justify all your actions. 
Well, and Celine even is like, I thought you would understand me. Yeah, and it's like she does understand you, but you're not justified in being a bitter shrew. Exactly. So um, then – okay, so then the fashion show starts. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song is Who You Sue You, like most of you probably know by now, by an artist named Amir Taha, who sings in both English and Turkish in all of his songs, which I think yeah. is very cool. I think that's why I was so confused. I was like, wait, that wasn't an English song? And, yeah, because you and I were talking after the live. Yeah. And I was like, no, it was Turkish. And you were like, I thought it was in English. And I was like, no, it was in Turkish. And I was like, oh, we were both right. <laughs> um, So, yeah, go look up the lyrics, you guys. It's a very spicy song. Um, So – I want to see the behind the scenes because this song is not – obviously, the music gets added afterwards. So there's mm-hmm. no music playing when they're doing their, like, catwalks. Yeah. And there is a story – I think Karem posted it. And he, they're all standing there and he's like, let's do the string quartet. And he starts humming that song that plays in Titanic as B-Gay's walking down. And he's like, hmm, 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 Like, he's Wait, like – Wait, that sounds like Enya. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Okay. Um, but I was just cracking up because that's what B-Gay was hearing as she was doing her walk was <laughs> Karem and the guys humming that. So oh I just thought that was hilarious. Um, anyways, so what's playing though is this song in the actual scene. And I love this because Serkan gives each of these girls a, a look that's very fitting to his relationship with each of them. Like yep. C- Celine so is specific. Celine comes, it's like nothing. His face is blank. He doesn't care. But Fifi comes and he's like, whoa, like, because we've no you've never seen Fifi in a more dainty, kind of feminine, mm-hmm. you know, look. And my favorite though, I mean Edda, obviously, but my favorite is Melo. Yeah. Because his big old smile for her. Yes. Like, again, like we've talked about how much we just adore their little Aniste relationship. And yeah. I just love that he clearly adores her. Um, then, of course, Jiren and Federit's like, she winds up throwing Federit like a look and he doesn't even believe it's for him. He, he winds up like behind him <laughs> and realizes there's nobody there. And that was definitely for him. Yeah. And then Edda walks out. I don't and think he breathes. I was this just going to say, I don't think he breathes and I don't think he blinks until she's already walking back up the steps. And the yeah. way his mouth just slowly opens, like, uh-huh. like just falls open a little bit subconsciously, and he's yep. just staring lasers into her while yeah. she walks. Like, he's literally stunned. I, uh-huh. oh my gosh. And, um, so she's the final one. She does her walk up. And then we get this stupid Celine switcheroo. She walks into the room where Ed does purses and swaps out the papers yeah, in the, the envelopes. But part of me is like, okay, how did you know which address was which? Because she switches the papers without looking at either one of them. So like part of me is like, is this just a plot hole or like because you were no, the PR? I think, no, because he gave her an address. Mm-hmm. So he obviously already knew the address. I think he chose the restaurant. And right. so he gave the address to Edda. But I'm talking I about think Celine. Celine. Yeah, oh. I think she just picked another restaurant and but wrote how did, a new address and then swapped it out. But how did she know which was the original restaurant? She we don't because ever because it was her. just the one in the envelope. Right, but all she does is pull that oh. folded paper out and take it and put a new one in. She never looks at the first paper to oh, like that's true to like to see, double check that it's not the same restaurant. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so. Whatever. She's dumb and sucks and she's the worst. Yeah. Um, and so then um, – okay. Then Sarah Khan's on the phone again. 
before Angan walks up and he's like, okay, talk to you later to whoever he's talking to. And Angan's like, hey, I just got a phone call that there's an issue at the construction site. We need Mm -hmm. to go. And again, a good comparison to episode four when there was a problem and Angan was like, let me take care of it. And he's like, no, I'm coming. Um, He's like, you can handle it. And Angan's like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Did I hear that correctly? Like he pretends to get all emotional because he's like, you trust me to deal with this? And he's like, yes. He's like, listen, like – He's like, might this have anything to do with Edda? And, you know, because he Sarkhan's like, we raised a lot of money. Like, this is when I really love my job, when we can actually do something to help. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's like, and if it weren't for Edda, I would have just written a check to help. I still would have been willing to help, but not in this capacity. Like, she's always right. teaching me something new. And Angan's like, she'll forgive you, brother. Like, don't worry. And he's like, we'll see. I invited her to dinner. And if she shows up, I know there's hope. If she doesn't, then I'll yeah. leave her alone. Yes. And so we know this is a very big deal. Yes. For the two of them. Yes. So um, Idan, we get a quick view that Idan is going to go see Altakin. We'll okay. be back to that. Do As, we want to just cover let, this? Yes, let's just cover it because honestly, I don't really want to go into too much detail because he sucks and he's the worst. Like, Yeah, he's cheating on her and yes. she catches him. She catches and him. And this do is, we think that he's leaving the show? Do we think that's this is my, a way to write him off? That's my theory is that maybe Ahmet has other commitments um, because he's already been absent like a full episode mm-hmm. a few ago um, mm-hmm. and barely present in recent ones. So I'm wondering if he has other commitments and it's like he can't really do both. And so right. they can't really fully give his character a good redemption arc if he's not present to be redeemed. Right. Um, so I think it was like, a, okay, well, we really need to make him like not worthy of redemption then because we can't sure. just get rid of him. And then people would be like, what the heck? Like, right. so he's having to make a very – bad personal choice that makes us be like you're done we hate you right and this was the route they took is that he's cheating yeah. on idon so yeah she catches that seems him the most logical thing to me yes so um and it kind of i mean honestly him leaving helps because like then there's not this whole edda always has to see him ifer always has to see him right um you know because they're clearly going to continue some form of a friendship relationship with the bolots right um, and so I think that plays into it too. Um, and you know what? Again, realistic, not every human being actually redeems themselves. Some dads just suck and continue to suck and right. don't take responsibility for their actions and don't fix their relationships with their kids or their partners. Yeah. Like, And so, you know, and they run away to something that's easier because this woman's not holding any of this against him. This woman didn't live through any of his mistakes with him. So it's a fresh right. start. It's the easy way out and he's choosing to take it. Yeah. Um, and it sucks, but it's real. It's unfortunately realistic. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's that. So yeah. So um, before before they leave, there's a little quick Edsir moment where mm-hmm. he's like, she's just kind of heading out, and he's like, "Are you not gonna say hi when you walk by?" And so she stops and she says, "Hello." Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "As always, you were the most beautiful tonight." <sighs> And then she says, thank you, but I did ask you not to watch. And he, I mean, understandable, Sarkhan, mm-hmm. he says, how can I not look? And then he says, will you come to me tonight at the restaurant? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. And then again, he says, I'll be waiting for you. Yes, because he, that is this the theme of Sarkhan is waiting for Edda. So yeah. um, the Kislar are all kind of giggling after together. Melo's pointing out, oh, yeah. 
I everyone was looking at me except you know whose stare was missing, and then she points <laughs> out like Federit's stare was missing because he was busy looking at Jaren, and um, and then she's like, and you know who else was missing? Um, Sarkon, my former uh-huh. brother, my former Anishte, <laughs> couldn't take his eyes off of you, and then. Um, and she and basically talks about like, do you think he was jealous? And that's when she, uh, Ed is like, yeah, we never talked about the whole Mimet thing last last week. Like, yes. what was that? They kind of giggle about it because she's like, I think it worked. Ha ha ha. Like, um, yep. so you know, things are kind of lighthearted. And then we get a quick over to Ifer getting home and reading the letter and is clearly yes. devastated by this news. But now she knows. Hallelujah. Right. right. And then the and restaurant then arrivals. The restaurant arrivals. So. We get the sa- we get a parallel scene between the two of them, both arriving at a restaurant. Sarakon finds the ring. Do you think he knew that she put that in there, or do you mm-hmm. think he was just finding it? I I I do think he was just finding it. Okay, okay. yeah. Because at first I didn't think that he was just finding it, mm-hmm. uh, but then upon my second watch, I was like, okay, this seems like he's surprised by it. Yeah, I think he was just finding it, but now he knows it's officially like a game between them because right now she's given it back and she's seen it. So right. um, so basically he gets walked to his table. Edda gets walked to hers. Now let me just address this, mm-hmm. okay, guys. They're in the same restaurant because the person who leads edda in is also sarkhan's waiter right but truly a hundred percent i believe this is because of covid times uh-huh. and it's like that we was already same thought. we already cleared this place out so let's just try to make it look different and they need as few people on set as possible so right. they're just that's we just noticed it because we have become treasure hunters every week on this show right. But yeah, it's it is meant to look like they're in two different restaurants um yeah we just happened to catch that it was two sides of the same restaurant Yes. Um, so I noticed something mm-hmm. about this final scene. Okay. It is a parallel of the Apollo story told in episode five. Yes, it is. I actually wrote that quote down. What quote? The Just like when she's telling the story, like oh, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Sarkon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at the time uh, she says – she tells the story about Apollo mm-hmm. and that uh, – she, because she's the one who brings up his love, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Of course, you're not interested in this part. It's not architecture." <laughs> so Apollo once meets, once met a woman of un- unearthly beauty by the <laughs> river, and he fell in love with her. He told the woman, "Tell me your name, princess." But, and then we get that flashback when he's asking for her name, and she says, "You don't deserve to know my name." Mm-hmm. Uh, but the woman says, "I'm not a princess. I'm just an ordinary person." But Apollo remains deeply impressed by her. Hmm. He decides to marry her and he tries to persuade the woman. He tries, he tries, he tries. And in the end, the woman agrees. But at the last moment, Apollo remembers that he is immortal. And the woman will grow old and leave this world when he will not. So because of this, to not upset her, he leaves saying, wait for me. I'll be Hmm. back one day. Mm-hmm. The woman waits and waits and waits, and she never gives up on the hope of his return. Mm. And in the end, in the end, because of the anticipation, she turned into a flower looking at the sky. So he, we know <sighs> Apollo was the sun god, mm-hmm. and so obviously that flower is a sunflower because sunflowers follow the sun. Yeah, I don't know why I never made this connection <gasps> in episode five. I didn't either, but. The whole – there's a whole myth of Apollo and uh, Cleide, I think, 
is uh-huh. that's like the sunflower explanation, but it's like a different story. Okay. But sunflowers symbolize unwavering faith and unconditional love. Stop it. Uh-huh. And oh my gosh. Apollo, we I, I I'm sure we've talked about this, but Apollo is Serkan, obviously, mm-hmm. and he is the god of sun. He is harmony, reason, moderation personified. He's a perfect blend of physical superiority and moral virtue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he is um, – where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Sorry, oh I gosh. like did all took all these. No, that's amazing because I only got as far as just like her. You know, I stopped it at like he tells her to wait for him, and she never gave up the hope of his return. And I was like, it's beautiful, it's great. That I it did not even occur to me to try to figure out what kind of flower it was staring at the sun. Yeah, like, well, and Apollo's twin sister is Artemis, which we know has Sanem. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So and so I like was up all late looking at stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. But there's all this stuff like Apollo is an artist and he's a musician. He plays mm-hmm. the lyre, which it looks similar to a guitar. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sarkon plays the guitar. There's um, – anyway, I started lo- trying to see if I could find anything about yeah. Artemis and um, messages in bottles, but I couldn't find anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Someday but we're going to get those I know. messages, I hope. I know. Um, gosh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, oh, I love that. So what it boils down to is they're both waiting for each other for a very long yes. time. And it's clear to the other that they're not coming. And they both initially look to, at their phones to maybe call them but then decide not to. Their coats are being put on. So it's just assumed that they're probably going to leave soon, thinking that yeah. the other didn't show up for them. So, yeah. Um, and then I kind of compared it to a scene in um, An Affair to Remember, which I posted mm. on our social medias. It just remind just a specific shot reminded me of that. Um, and I wouldn't put it past Aisha to want to model something after that, just because she, right? You know, she's like done stuff with um, My Fair Lady, like you know, all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, um. So I do want to point out something that I uh, cannot believe I, like, didn't put together. And I purposely made sure to mention twice now because of this person, Constance. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two – there were those two times we find Serkan on the phone, but we don't actually know who he's talking to or what he's talking about. Okay. Okay. So – Constance writes and says, hi, first of all, I'm a big fan of the show. You girls make me laugh so much. So I have an observation about volume 20 of Sanchal Kapama. I might be completely crazy and analyzing way too much of this episode, but I needed to share. Honey, you're in good company. This is all we do. So, <laughs> yep. Um, because Edda knows the truth now, Serkan told her he loved her. He was not hiding his feelings at all during this episode, which we did talk about. She said, which was beautiful. He wants to be with her. He doesn't see his future without her. So mm-hmm. could he be organizing their future already? During the episode, Serkan's phone was an important object. For example, Edda decides to send him the contract on his phone. But why? She could have printed another copy of their contract, right? She could have had their first con- – she had their first contract printed in a hard copy. She says, I think that hmm. Aisha was already trying to tell us to pay attention to his phone, that it would be important in this episode. The next day, the whole speech and fashion show day, we actually see Serkan talking on the phone with someone about a mysterious project. If that call wasn't important, why would it be written into the script? After the fashion show, once again, Serkan is talking to someone, probably the same person, and it's made clear by Angen, um that 
Serkan is not on whatever project he's talking about during mm-hmm. the episode. Because Angan comes and basically tells him, hey, I was called to the construction site. And Serkan's like, okay, go. You can handle it. He says, so Serkan was on a call with someone for a project, but not that project. Uh, because clearly he's not the one handling it. She says, so finally, I still think about that doctor's house back in episode 11. I think that's going to be their home, which we've had a theory about that already, of right. course. She says, now, she says, the address number is 46 on that home. Which symbolizes that the people um, are fulfilled on their business field, but that their primary goal is making a family and caring for children. So it's a wow. family. So it's a family home. She says, so there it is. I think Serkan is still taking care of the doctor's house and through his phone fo- and through those phone calls during episode 20, because that house is gonna be their home. Dang. And she says, also, isn't it strange that Serkan lives in an art life house, even though he could clearly easily buy a house? I mean, he bought one in Italy in two seconds when he thought he and Edda were going to be there. So I think it's because he already has a home being prepared, so he only needs a temporary residence for now because he's working on a home for him and Edda. Dang. What do you think about that? Have I gone too far? Am I completely crazy about the whole plot? <laughs> I mean, Aisha's basically a genius, so she wouldn't write those phone calls in the script if it didn't mean anything. And then she sent me right. screen, the screen grabs of those phone calls I just described because I was like, what the heck is she talking about? And I was like, oh my gosh, it didn't even occur to me to pay attention to the fact that he's on the phone talking about something with yeah. someone that we don't know who's on the other end. Wow. So, And then she sent me the info that she had shared about forty, the number 46, the address on that house. So. Okay. I love that because we kind of already had theorized that that house was going to be theirs someday. So I love how she made that connection, like that maybe that's what's going on. Like, I just love it so much. Um, Oh, that's so good. And then um, I will share because we have time. I've got like 15 minutes before I have to leave. So um, uh, Jasba in our Facebook group said – this is the who I was talking about made um, a reference to episode two with the Mm -hmm. numerology. She's like, okay, I was rewatching this episode and I noticed something really amazing, at least to me. Numerology time. So the credit card and pin number Sarakon gave to Edda for the engagement ring was 3709. She says three is for creative expression and being creative, which Sarakon is, and so is Edda. Um, seven is for a person's deep inner need to find spiritual connection, like a soulmate. Um, the person it says we'll have have self-expression, material and domestic achievements, but spiritual connection is missing, which is true for Serkan. Mm-hmm. Um, his need for Edda, that's the missing connection in his life. Zero is for new beginnings, which we know all started with the purchasing of that ring. And then nine is for compassion and generosity and being selfless, which we know Serkan actually is, just not on the surface. He does it basically in secret. Mm-hmm. Um she says, so basically, it seems like this number represents a transition into a new cycle of life. So I just thought that was, like, really cool that somebody went yeah. back and observed that. So, That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, next week we're going to get a new character. Mm-hmm. We, which I kind of, we already touched on what we kind of think about what that's going to be about. Um, yeah. Someone, one of our listeners, Natalie, commented. She's like, I think you guys should start handing out a throat punch award at the end of every episode. <laughs> Well, Celine and Alptekin would get it this time. Right, exactly. She suggested Alptekin, but I'm like, yeah, they both deserve it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I I just loved all the insight you guys sent in, the folder colors, the whole that whole theory I just read. Like I love it so much that you guys are like on this treasure hunt with us now and mm-hmm. like 
And just to think that there's stuff we probably still aren't fully catching, like yeah, the, like the example from episode two, like um, yeah. And I will say I loved that second fragment. I loved that it was all emotional, and I'm very much looking forward to the possibility of an episode eleven parallel. Only maybe this time it's Edda who's saying like, "Hey, I'm in love with you." Like mm-hmm. she's the one telling telling him that she's in love with him because we've never actually heard her say that right we've heard her say that the feeling is mutual when he tells her we've heard her mention like you just want me to be in love with you you want me to stay in love with you you want me to but she's never actually like said the words i love you so much i'm in love with you so again with the whole role reversal it'd be kind of cool to see edda being the one doing that um and yeah so i'm like i'm I'm really excited for whatever is going to be coming up in uh, a couple well, a couple days now at this point. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, do you have anything else to add? Nope. All right. Uh, next week should be good. Well, okay, you guys. Thank you for sticking with us this long. Sorry if we sounded a little discombobulated. We started <laughs> very, very early in the morning. Um, and yeah, as always, Links to everywhere that you need will be in our episode notes. Um, you know, come hang out with us all over social media. I'm not sure how Saturday will go. I may or may not be in town this weekend. So I don't know if Ashley and I will get to live watch together. Um, but either way, I'm very excited and look forward to us being able to, you know, gush all about it next week when we go over episode 21. Um, so, um, I think that's it. I have to go to the dentist and then I'll be home to edit this episode and get it (laughs) uploaded to you guys. So we love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all the support and encouragement and everything. Um, we just can't express enough, just really, truly how much we love all of you in the 77 different countries that apparently listen and tune in. My mind is just amazing. So amazing. Anyways. All right, guys. Until next time. Gooder shitters. Post your call.